0: Talk Live
1: It's Free Talk Live, it's talk radio that you control, and six oh three, two eight three. 6160 is the phone number for you to call to get in on the conversation with us. That is 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie.
2: Jay Noon. And Joa.
1: And we have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. As usual, there's a lot in the news. And I titled this um, show. I tried to make it like shorter than the typical saying that I'm talking about here, but I titled the show, FBI Agent Gets Taste of FBI Medicine. (laughs) I had to shorten it a little bit. I was going to put a taste of his own medicine, but he got carjacked. An FBI agent got carjacked on Capitol Hill, it says.
2: Well, I mean, this is how karma is going to work, right? I mean, we're all going to be subject to it someday. Yep. Whatever you present to the ether, the ether will return to you at some point in time.
1: I really believe that. Do you believe in karma? Yeah,
3: ja? yep, yeah, I do. Um, I think it's funny that it's a, happened to an FBI agent. Right. It's wicked karma. And, like, I, I think it happened to a congresswoman as well.
1: It did say it's a string. It's one in a number of incidents of carjacking, uh, sorry, jacking happening in Washington, D.C. this year. So I didn't know if they meant, like, that happened to politicians more often or just, like, In general. general.
2: Well, it's just because of the policies of we are the double standard as we are going to prosecute to the fullest extent of the law possible and we're going to lie about it Mm -hmm. and we're going to do everything we can to prosecute, you know, right, uh, right, you know, conservative types or libertarian types or people who are against the uh, pedophile elite. We're gonna prosecute them. They're gonna prosecute the uh, January Sixers. I mean, there's people who went to the Capitol building an hour after the you know the event there, and they just walked up the steps and like looked around, took a couple pictures, and left. And they are in jail still. Yeah, and, and they like, are convicted. And then solitary. you have, and then you have like uh you know if we want to talk about the Capitol building. You know, it was uh, May 29th, I believe, 2020. A bunch of uh, left wing antifa guys, you know, burnt a guard shack, and they, you know, and there was a bomb found in the same building. Well, this was at this was at the Capitol building. There was a guard shack or 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 a White House or something. I think it was the Capitol building. I don't remember all the details, but no investigation. You know, the the most heavily surveilled you know uh, area, you know, possibly in the world, Mm -hmm. and there's no investigation. Nobody's you know looking into it. And this is just, you know, classic. I mean, like, um, Joe, you and I were in court for for one of my wife's hearings last summer, and you caught on live stream. Somebody, uh, you know, was um, like had a DUI, and they like went off like the road, and they like destroyed someone's property. Oh, yeah, and the bailiff's
3: son was uh, like a retired bailiff, and his son, his son was the one.
2: And and let's let's be very clear, a bailiff is a member of the parasite class and also he and if he's retired he's collecting from the judicial pension fund which i really want to no, talk about
3: the, the the his kid stole a cell phone and brought it to one of those cell phone uh exchange things you know you just put it in the machine it tells you how much it's worth and he tried he sold it and he got oh, okay cash and he got caught he got, got he got Theft. caught stealing it and yeah and it was a, a retired bailiff's son and he had a plea guilty and they basically gave him a slap on the wrist. It, it, Anybody else would get way more punishment than that. And
2: you got that. And they frontlined him.
3: They frontlined him. They put him right right, right yep. first.
2: They gave him special treatment because he's of a protected class. That's because right. Because he's a member of the parasite class. Who's this? Uh, this was uh, at, at a court hearing. It was a bailiff's son. Oh. Uh, I, I thought it had something to do with the DUI, but I, I was nope. wrong. No. No. Nope. Yep, he stole, stole a cell phone. It. So even worse, his actual victim. <laughs> How did
1: you find that?
3: We were there for uh, Jay's. Oh, for uh, the guy!
1: Yes, the guy that went before you guys. He was crazy. Yeah, and like, like, yeah, yeah, he was like
3: talking trash to us. And yeah, he was
1: like talking trash about Ian, not knowing it was Ian. He was like saying, um, "Those freaking people, blah blah blah." There's like pedophile or or whatever. Well, so
2: so so this is how deranged everything's going. So now what's happening is, you know, crime. You know, the bottom line is crime in these cities with these. You know, hardcore liberal, um, libtard is like to, uh, how I like to refer to it. Policies, because liberal actually means freedom. You know, what's, you know, the people who are considered liberals are actually not liberals, they're, they're commies. Right. Um, uh, but they are, um, so What's happening because the crime's so rampant? Because, like Joe had just pointed out here, if you steal a cell phone, you're just going to be let off scot free, there's not going to be anything to do. You'll probably plead guilty. Your
1: uncle works for the government or whatever it was, Um, or even if it was his father. Oh, his father, yeah.
2: And and you don't even have to have that political, you know, connection because if, 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 if they don't care what you do to anybody, but if it's a crime that is. Per, you know, against the state, which there's no such thing as a crime against the state because the state cannot be injured. The state is, doesn't have any rights mm-hmm. um, that can be violated. Uh, so, but if it's anything like that, it's going to be maximum penalty. But if it's like shoplifting, if it's like you know these snatching grabs, if it's like carjackings, like the police aren't even you know responding to those kind oh, of. things. They'll never even
3: investigate these cases. Will just fizzle away in their system. Right. right. They'll rape, never they ever don't check.
1: Go and check the rape kits. Apparently, at a lot of these. Uh, police stations right. they just I've, said they're unchecked or i've heard
3: that uh, people get their cars stolen like the the return rate on a car stolen is very very
2: low especially the police doing it right oh, yeah right because they're not there's no incentive for them to do that
1: yeah we have i have this long story we could get into if you guys are interested well i'd like um, to bring
2: up one more thing An- another example of this san francisco which is turned into a third world s-hole it's basically the streets are literally a cesspool. So. Yeah,
1: they're pooping in the streets apparently. So, right, right. Well, I hear that all the time. I don't know if it's just a meme.
3: I mean, people leave their their doors unlocked and the the tailgate open because people were breaking in, smashing their
2: windows. Even so they leave it, was,
1: it open to show nothing's in there. Th- yeah,
2: just, yeah. just yep. so they don't break their windows. Yeah. So, wow. um, <laughs> so, anyways, uh, for example, all this crime's happening in um, at San Francisco, right? And. And, and stores are closing down. Whole Foods closed down. You know this big popular mall c- closes down. You got like there's an app that you can get for to, for like to uh, where's all the poop? And basically the streets mm. are just covered like the Oh, like it's the so, map, so it's they really covered. are pooping in the streets. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. I thought that you, was
1: like possibly just a meme, but
2: no, no, no. Why it, would it, it become it, a meme? It, it, it's really happening. Why? And uh, why? Because uh, homeless people? Because of the welfare system. Uh, it's attractive. For, so San Francisco, if you're going to be a, a use crackhead uh, a junkie a heroin addict go to san francisco go to venice beach so they you get fed you get six hundred dollars a month just because you're there uh, and then you get all this other kind of money there's some there's actually an interview with somebody's you know scumbags that are just you know low-level parasites that are you know um you're doing the drugs working the system and uh, and they get earn their dope they just get a free dopamine hit from health and human services so they just poop right on the street Ew. and so well- so, anyways, uh, all, while all this is going on, there's constant breaking and enterings. There's constant um, sma- uh, what do they call them? Uh, smashing grabs and just like,
1: like stealing from stores, right? Yeah, so just smashing grabs because is, yeah. they can't stop. Anything. Yeah,
2: and they're just stealing and like, and and like the um, and you get prosecuted in like New York City, D.C., uh, San Francisco, L.A. If you try to defend yourself because it's you must retreat. Oh. Um, like like if you if you uh you know fight back. Uh, against someone who's like, you know, a multiple offense, you know, um, you know kind of like, um, you know, attacker or mugger, uh, in, in these cities, you get charged. Like the guy in the subway who, you know, subdued the, uh, you know, the, the violent homeless man, you know, he's getting charged. So Elon Musk, when he uh, gets the uh, building, you know, uh, gets Twitter, he has a uh, a sign put up a new sign put up on you know on his building one you know that It's he, in San Francisco. In San Francisco and and the uh, co- X yeah X. X they put an X sign instead of Twitter or something and the code enforcement came after him and wrote him all kinds of fines It was pretty and big tickets, and obnoxious I got to say uh, because he because <laughs> he put this sign up.
1: That just had X.
2: Yeah and and um and and it like right right there is just an example but if it was if it was Google that did that they wouldn't care probably not yeah yeah or 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 if it was facebook because the same
1: thing happens even on smaller levels like in Keene, new hampshire absolutely there are all kinds of signs out that um you know say something like oh come to the this college building because we're doing arts and craft day or whatever and i've never heard of anybody getting those taken down by code enforcement but the mighty moose mart who is run by libertarians had this sign that's just like it stays in one place but it's like a flag, and it's like a long skinny flag, and it said open. And they made them get rid of it because it's technically, they say it was technically a sign that was in motion because of the oh, wind on, blowing I, a little flag. I know, it's it, like sign the laws can, are
3: so ridiculous. Yeah,
1: the signs, any sign can blow in the wind and move, but They're they don't they picking and get, choosing yeah. who can
3: have these freedoms. Yep. Right, you know?
2: and, and it's like a perfect example is a case against my wife. Like, for example, they are, um, you know, l- literally have, I, a friend of mine says that they have probably burned about $25,000 worth of tax resources so far trying to prosecute my wife.
1: Wow.
2: You know, so you got all these parasite uh, prosecutors that work for this, you know, the prosecutor's office, You you get that entire office, you know, you send them the paperwork, they got to read the paperwork, they answer it, you know, they, these guys... You know they're getting paid. Um, you know, uh, you know, pretty decent salaries. And the salary is actually the cheap part. The benefits that these guys get, and the, and the pension funds that they're getting funding. Um, you know, and their health care and their annuities. And you start just and and then the infrastructure and they all get state cell phones, um, you know. Some of these guys are driving, you know, state you know cars that are owned by the state, so the state's paying for the fuel, oh, yeah. you know, for like you know the police and whatnot, and you know investigators and and all this stuff. And then the you know what what a judge costs to have on a bench, and then you got to have all the security guards, and you got to and also to make sure to enforce all this auction action, you have to have a standing army of sheriffs. And state police and lo- and all these cops and, you know, bailiffs and all this stuff. So these courtroom—and if you go look at a courtroom, I mean, it is the most expensive building you could possibly build. Yeah. Right? I mean— They always
1: make them so fancy. Right.
2: Government buildings are the most expensive buildings you could build. They're oh, built yeah? with all this fine, polished granite and marble. I don't know if anybody's ever worked on granite before or polished granite. I did a little bit as a teenager. And, you know, it takes, you know, hundreds of hours. There's probably, that, like, that that courtroom in— uh,
1: Concord— the in federal one, the have federal you ever courthouse. been there? Because that's like all of polished oh, granite. Yeah. Well, and
2: stainless, stainless steel everywhere. Stainless
1: yeah, steel, and then isn't that granite? Uh, the It's not marble, right? The stone yeah. in there? It's yep. like the entire thing is made of granite, right. and so, it's polished.
2: So it'll cost you like 15, 20 grand to get like a granite countertop in your kitchen, hmm. right? And you're buying it from a private contractor. You so know. imagine that's a four-story building right. that
1: is huge.
2: So a huge four-story building.
1: I mean, a statue. So,
2: so if if it costs you ten grand to get granite granite ca- countertops in your kitchen, and the government buys the same exact granite countertops from its special approved you know granite distributor, uh, it's going to cost one hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars or three hundred thousand dollars because that's the way the government works. And then you got to maintain a prison to have all this stuff and the staff. So the amount of money that is costing the taxpayers, for example, just to prosecute my wife over a frivolous you know BS charge uh you know is is absolutely ridiculous and um if anybody is upset about that they should definitely send a letter to the merrimack county prose- you know uh elected da i forget his name but you can look it up and uh let them know about it hmm. uh you know w- w- especially with you know w- when it comes to um you know this uh, malicious prosecution that they're doing a lot <laughs> and um so i've been working on an affidavit late you know to expose this uh malicious prosecution i'm going to ask for a uh, the Judicial Review Committee here in New Hampshire to investigate the Merrimack County Prosecutor, investigate Superior Court, investigate Circuit Court, investigate Concord Judicial—I uh, mean Concord Prosecutor's Office and the Concord Police Department—and I started going through this list of all these people, and so you got—you know—the New Field Eight, you know—all these people who have been um, wrongly. Uh, prosecuted by the state of New Hampshire, its actors, employees, officers, and agents, and uh, you know all these cities, towns, municipalities. I mean, look,
3: they lied about uh, my case already. Like, so I filed a complaint against Don Bulldog for assault, and they—they they saw it. They
1: haven't gotten back to you, you have they?
3: No, oh. they. The, the the chief said uh, he didn't see anything.
1: No, so, no, yeah, they did lie about that. Sorry for sp- breaking that. Uh, you can finish that idea or sentence, but I. I'm asking if they ever got back to you for your next court date. No, not yet. That's crazy. Yep. Whoa. So,
2: so anyways, yeah, what they'll do is they'll they'll send you a letter to an address that you're probably not going to get it at, and then they're going to put a default warrant out for you for not showing up. Because, Maybe. Because that's well, generally yeah, how I w- they work. I was
1: there. He told the lady on the phone, like, he doesn't have an address, yep. and she was like, well, you're just going to have to keep calling back. So if they do I that- have been. Dude, that would
2: be crazy, yeah like and and you know they have a duty to serve you, you don 't have a du- duty to serve them because mm. they are supposed to be public servants, but the problem is is you know they're not certainly not acting like it, so anyways, getting back to what I was saying with this double standard and everything and malicious prosecution, oh uh Joah, well, like what well, your case where they've lied, you need to put it in an affidavit, and you need to send it to uh whatever legislative committee this is, and whoever your favorite state state uh, representative is and you need to command them to do something about it in this affidavit.
3: Well, yeah, the chief of police lied and the DOJ lied about Don Bolduck, uh how I said he elbowed me and they said no he didn't, you know, I, we didn't see anything.
2: And there's video of this, right?
3: Oh my god.
2: <laughs> Is that a yes?
4: Yes. Okay,
2: so there's video of this. So, Basically, by you stating in an affidavit your facts, and then you give these guys seven days to rebut the affidavit or it stands as truth, and the parasite class does not rebut affidavits. We've never seen an affidavit rebutted in any of these affidavit processes that we've been working on. And uh, so then your affidavit stands as the truth. And then you go forward with the legislature because we know the judiciary is corrupt, we know the executive branch is corrupt. Uh, We know the legislature on a federal level is corrupt. We know the legislature in just about every single state is corrupt, mostly because of the fact that they all have pension funds. But here in New Hampshire, we have essentially a volunteer citizen legislature. Yep. We got 400 state representatives. We have a population of 1.3 million people. And the state legislatures get a stipend of $100 a year, so they're not getting a pension fund. They're not
3: incentivized to be a legislator, other than to do good.
2: Right. Well, I mean, you do have bad so people. Supposedly. In, 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 you, well, well, you do have, a, you, we have, you know, some 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 radical, you know, uh, left-wing, you know, nut jobs, you know, in there that, you know, are cool with like mutilating children and, um, you know, S-stealing all freedoms, that stuff and whatever. stealing freedoms and, then, you know, want to try to like, you know, take our rights away.
1: Yeah. Um, Muse and some other ones that are really bad Democrats are working on this thing where it'll be harder to get a gun because I guess right now New Hampshire doesn't do like a certain optional, I think part of background checks for people getting guns yep and using all of them all those democrats and also roy who's a republican are working on making it to where new hampshire complies with that uh the background uh, check and then that and, and i'm sure people, there's federal
2: incentive money yeah for that
1: well the feds are the ones that make well, it it's it's like i guess it's not optional to so the feds but new hampshire just isn't doing it right the, now the
3: question at large is the um have you ever been admitted for psychological treatment or something like
1: that? And that's another thing. They and want to make it to where crazy people now... Well, but that's, I, that's, I that's a that, violation
3: of your, your Fifth really Amendment rights. And, you know, Fourth Amendment rights. This is like, well, you know, oh, oh, Roy said it's okay. Say-
1: Roy said it's okay because if they prove that they're better now, then they can uh, get their rights back.
2: Yeah, old guy. Okay. Old guy.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well,
2: hey... It's such a lie. Um, You have a right to bear arms. The, the, the New Hampshire Constitution is pretty good on your right to bear arms. But luckily... We have a citizen legislature here um, that is uh, getting better and better and better because of things like the Free State Project. But going back to what I was uh, saying before, before I di- you know digressed, is I was going through this list of, you know, because I'm putting together essentially an affidavit that is explaining, um, and part of the affidavit explains abuse of uh, power, basically done by the state of New Hampshire, its agents, employees, and officers, uh, uh, With respect to people who are affiliated with the Free State Project Health Freedom New Hampshire, you know we are the people in New Hampshire. You know all these like anti-mandate, you know um, vaccine. It's like all this stuff your
1: wife had bumper stickers on the back of her car (laughs) on the day in question.
2: (laughs) And and so so I go through this list and I'm like and I'm like you know so we got the Newfield eight, you know the people that were um, ticketed and Frank Footloose was uh, you know staples
1: holding signs
2: for yeah for basically you know. Peacefully protesting in front of the uh, neighbors, you know, in front of um, you the know, governor's house. S- you know, the governor's house, because the governor's is just a puppet for you know the Social Security Administration. Title 4D money, for example, uh, Title 4A, B, A, B, C, D, D money, which is this incentive fund where to, where money comes out of the Social Security Administration account and goes directly into uh judicial pension fund goes into all kinds of other coffers goes into uh, DCYF goes into family court goes into local municipalities goes It's for, a
3: yeah. revenue protection
2: scheme. Uh well it's mm, sort yeah maybe that uh, you could sort of word it like that for and, pensions. <laughs> and so anyways so then you have so there's there's the uh, Newfields 8 so, like my friend Bill Domenico, he—I uh, talked with him tonight a little bit on the phone, and we we're talking about his case. And I'm like, "Hey, man, can I get an affidavit from you saying how you've been, um, you know, targeted for being, uh, you know, uh, basically affiliated with the Free State Project?" So I'm reaching out to a whole bunch of bunch of people as I'm building this case, you know, against the state uh, because they have been engaged in malicious prosecution again and again and again and again and again. And, and then not in one of these cases will they be able to. Provide an affidavit where somebody swore under oath that they've had a right violated, that they've been injured, that property's been damaged, right. that copyright was violated, or, or, or a contract was violated, or any of these things. And then you have the uh, Newfields Nine, which were the people who were uh, protesting the um, governor's council back when Sununu uh, was trying to get, you know. Well, actually, was, a lot of them didn't do anything. <laughs> right. At no all. actually, none of them did anything at all. Uh, the, like Teresa Canell, they just started arresting people. Right. Yeah. She said, "Amen."
1: I mean, like there was one lady that they arrested, an old lady that yeah, got sure. her stuff dropped because they didn't even mean to arrest her. And like they, they charge someone that wasn't even there,
2: and and hmm. so so Wait, when you what? When, when yeah you, right yeah so I didn't
1: know that part, or at least I forgot if I heard about that.
2: Sure. Well, even just like with January sixth, they're charging people who weren't even there. Yeah. Like uh, Owen Schroeder, he's like a Infowars, um, you know, uh, reporter columnist. He just did like sixty days in the can over, you know, his participation in January sixth as a radio commentator. He was thousands. He was you know not even in, anywhere near there, <laughs> and uh, so. So then you got the Newfields Nine. uh, You got, um, you know, like uh, the, you know, um, uh, was it Rochelle Kelly, uh, Tyler Workman, Pamela? um,
3: Play play Free or Die?
2: Yeah, Play Free or Die. Yeah, Play Free or Die. They they were at the, uh, and, and, you know, they were all found not guilty. uh, And, you know, they're actually all working on filing lawsuits against the state. The Newfields because,
1: You know what was really sad about that day? Um, Whenever I saw them, like, celebrating after uh, Rochelle one in court. It was like, oh, she only had to go through, like, a year and a half of mental anguish. Yeah. You know?
2: It's super stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was I, crying,
1: I, like, hugging her husband and, like, crying, like, happy tears and stuff. But Yeah,
2: and, yeah. and, 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 and like, it's super stressful because, like, you know, um, the, the crime, you know, she probably, if she got convicted, probably wouldn't have got any time, right? Mm-hmm. She probably would have, you know, had to pay a fine maybe or they would have, like, Said, "Oh, you don't have to pay a fine, and you know you got you're not going to jail, but now you have this criminal record. Hmm. And then, right. you know, and then the next time, you know, the Concord police decide to pick on her because it, she's another one. And they yeah. did, they did. She, she they, had, they did though. They, they did oh, yeah, after they that.
1: They kept like, pulling her over and stuff.
2: Yep. Well, well, so Ware PD really screwed with her. So she oh. was from Ware, New Hampshire, and Ware Ware Police has a horrible reputation. I've heard that. Yeah. Um. So the Ware Police has been sued multiple times over all kinds of stuff." So uh, Carla Garrick won a lawsuit against oh, yeah, them that's true. for uh, Because they charged her with wiretapping mm-hmm. uh, William Kostrick won a lawsuit against them They charged him with wiretapping uh, There was some guy who had the wrong species of salad in his pocket And this uh, cop, uh, Sergeant Kelly, goes to do a, a drug deal <laughs> with him uh, That has cost this town aware multiple millions of dollars now that partic- oh, People aware are so upset about this But we'll continue this on the other side More
1: coming up about the karmic... Uh consequences of being a terrible government person. It's 603-283-6160's number to call. It's Free Talk Live more coming up.
4: This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash.
1: talk radio that you control, and 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call if you want to get in on the conversation with us. That's 603-283-6160, and with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie,
3: Jay, and Joa,
1: and I wanted to tell you that this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first. Nearly a decade ago, Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol. In multi crypto wallets, oh, and in multi crypto wallets, it's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at dash.org. And thanks to the Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit dash.org to learn more about Dash. Dash Dash.org and. Before we get it back into the uh, conversations we were having, I did forget that we had a caller on the line. So, oh, man, he dropped off. Sorry, Major. Major, I didn't mean to leave you hanging. So if you wanted to get in on the conversation, please call back. But for now, I'm going to go to Rob from Vermont. Rob, what's on your mind?
0: Hey, so, uh, uh, New Hampshire has, uh, uh, one, well, there's a new transparency uh, update when it involves the police uh, yeah the new hampshire supreme court ruled 4 to 1 in a decision to uh you know for police uh files to be you know requested by the public that's that's awesome
1: you can now do a um 501 or oh, sorry um what's it called 91a request on police disciplinary fi- files like that should have always been the case, yeah. but um, as of, I think, November 29th, that got ruled on in the Supreme Court. They probably
3: really didn't want that to happen.
1: And I keep forgetting I'm going to do this, but I'm going to go and I'm going to request like all of them from a certain date yeah. in Keene.
2: Yeah, yeah I'm actually going to go uh, request them from uh, Concord PD. And mm-hmm. in fact, I think what I'm going to do, am I, uh, my, my public records request is uh, all the people that I have on my list that have been uh wrongfully, you know, prosecuted and charged by Concord PD. Uh f- w- so the police officers involved all of them. That that's a really great idea. Thanks for um uh, reminding me of that, Rob. I did. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Rob did actually send me yeah. a a link about that if, uh last week or something or a few days ago.
1: Me too. That's where I heard about it and I posted it on Twitter and then I kind of just forgot cuz I wanted to bring it up on the air. So, thank you, Rob. Anything else?
0: Yep. Um well, no. I I was just going to say that you know, if you've ever, you know, had any problems with the police or or know of a bad police officer in the Hampshire, you know, do a FOIA request on them. Yeah, you know, and go hey, public about it to, too. Yeah, to, to share it with the public. You know, these people need to be called out.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah, that's great advice, Rob. Uh, and it's not a FOIA request in, um, in New Hampshire. It's called a 91A. And in fact, you don't even need to use RSA 91A. All you got to do is state the constitutional article for the, you know, the Constitution for New Hampshire State has an article that says right to know. So we, we don't even need to write 91, uh, you know, RSA 91A. You just say, under the constitution for the New Hampshire state, uh, you know, article, whatever, um, uh, you know, right to know, you know, I demand to know, uh, if there's been any disciplinary action, if there's been any complaints, uh, have any affidavits been signed, has, you know, you know, been brought against, uh, you know, officer so-and-so, you know, and conclude the badge number and then, you know, just, just be, you know, nice and clear about it.
1: Well, thank you so much, Rob, for the call. Um, that's definitely important, and I did want to bring it up on the air. So I'm glad that he called in about that. Um, I'm me. I told Ian about it like right away, and he was like, "Wow, somebody should go to Keen and yeah, request. A like, good idea. All of them from a certain date. I'll, yeah, I'll go do I would.
3: It. I would do all current officers and, yeah. um, I don't know, maybe the last like ten officers because like they they leave the department and go somewhere else. Yeah. So you might want to get a few. You that have left, you know?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say they'll probably be able to give me some that have left. It'll probably take a long time. Um, Ian went and requested maybe like October of twenty twenty about um every um arrest that had been made concerning weed since it got decriminalized, and he didn't get it until like February of twenty twenty one. Wow. Yep.
3: They just they knew it was him, and they just put it on the back burner. I guarantee you.
1: Probably. Well, uh, I'm totally gonna go do that. 603-283-6160. I'm sorry about that major pain. If you didn't hear me, you can call back. I saw he he was on the phone and then I covered up the screen with my other s- window and I forgot that he was on the phone. So sorry it th- about that. I
3: tell you what, the disciplinary action, it just says that the the chief or whatever, their superior, you know, took good action. But the reality is, like, if a town doesn't have any, it makes you wonder is, um, I mean, they could be really good cops, but... Or say the superior, the chief or whatever, is actually corrupt too. You know, so that's why they're not allowing the complaints to go through or like they're not disciplined and stuff like that. So,
1: so you think that it's possible that there will be none in a town?
3: If 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 that's if that's happening, then probably the superior or the chief or whatever is no right. You know, yeah. or you know, they're not as aggressive, they actually could be good.
1: That would be surprising if there was any that had zero. But moving on. We opened up the show tonight talking about this FBI agent who got carjacked near Capitol Hill. It's just kind of like a funny story, in my opinion, but there's a lot to unpack here. It says, An off-duty FBI agent was carjacked on Wednesday afternoon near Capitol Hill, authorities said, adding to the sharp increase of similar incidents in D.C. this year. About At about 3.45 p.m., two armed people took the vehicle belonging to the agency, said Washington, D.C. police, and the FBI's Washington field office. Um, The agent was not harmed in the incident. The vehicle was recovered by police just after 4 p.m. on Wednesday near the Lincoln Park area of D.C. So, in 25 minutes it was found. Huh. But... It's they really funny. can't
3: get go far so i don't know why people even try to
2: steal cars now
1: it's crazy that they would even be armed and go and try to steal fbi i can tell you exactly people.
2: why that culture of people those young kids like teenagers stealing cars, I just saw.
1: Maybe they didn't know it was FBI because. I said,
2: well, I yeah, they don't. But the thing is, is because it's becoming so prolific, and you know, DC is covered in these FBI parasite kind of guys, anyways. And you mm-hmm, know, and, yeah. and actually, I believe there was a mayor or a city councilor that was carjacked and in, in uh, somewhere in San Francisco, hmm. you know, which is you know just poetic justice as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. Uh, but the <clears throat> the the reason that these kids are stealing cars, and there's like there was a you, you guys familiar with like what a Hellcat is? Yeah. What is it? So a Hellcat is a Dodge Charger car like the like police cars. It's they up. Oh. But they're, so they come out of the factory with like these 6.4 liter Hemis. They're like 750 horse with a blower or a supercharger out of the factory. You can take these cars you can chip them. You just put a chip in it. Don't change anything else. And they're like almost 900 horsepower. You can put a like oh. four or $5,000 into these cars and some elbow grease and they're fourteen hundred 1,400 horsepower. They weigh like Forty two hundred pounds. They, they actually super fast. Is that it, a
1: lot? It's forty two a lot per car. As it's well? light. Oh,
2: so you're, so fast. you're like like a, if you're like 1, fifteen hundred horsepower and forty two hundred pounds, um, you are insanely fast. Hmm. Um, so these cars are doing one hundred and fifty miles an hour. And they give
1: these cops like that? No. Oh, okay.
2: Not cars. No, no. Cars, no, no. <laughs> actually, like the Hellcat is known to.
4: To uh,
3: out outrun cops and helicopters. So,
2: so, actually, if you want to buy one of these cars right now, they're super cheap because the repossession auctions are full of them. Hmm. Like, actually, right now, like a 2003 Toyota Camry or a 2007 Toyota Camry at auction is worth more money than like a 2012 Hellcat that's like a thousand horsepower. Hmm. But, anyways, these cars are like just you can jack them up. They're like they're the modern day muscle car. They handle really good. I mean, they don't handle like a Corvette or like a you know, like a like a um, you know Ferrari. You know you're not doing 250 miles an hour with them, but hmm. they do 150, and these guys outrun the cops. I just I just saw a clip of a kid was uh, like 13 years old somewhere in California, jacked one of these Hellcat <laughs> Hellcat cars. And he's doing 150 miles an hour down the freeway. And this, this kid is like... Like it's nothing. Yeah, and, and he's doing it like... Re- I was so impressed at his driving. <laughs> I, I was like, wow. But and he kid, was 13? That's what they were saying. Whoa. I mean, these things are easy to drive. Well, they're they're easy made to drive. To drive you know? They're easy so to scary. drive. They have uh, stabilization control. They actually... Like the steering really tightens up when you go fast. So they don't oversteer quite as easy. And his kids are stealing them anyways. And they're... And like just... shoot just, up. You know, the kid's like really like... You know, super lucky, super, super ballsy, and um, not that wise. You know, he's a young man. So, um, anyways, they're robbing these cars. Why is that culture of people robbing these cars? Because the the way that the laws are being enforced aren't against people committing actual crimes. The only statutory rules that are being enforced are crimes against the state. Paperwork crimes. Crimes against the state. Yep. Where the state of New Hampshire, which is a bankrupt municipal corporation that is pretending to be New Hampshire state... You know, if you read the very first thing in a Constitution, it says "Bill of Rights." Constitution for New Hampshire State. Mm -hmm. So, well, anyways, they. um, So you're saying
1: those are two different things.
2: Yes. So the state of New Hampshire is a corporation. Cops want to pull people
3: over in certain ways because it gives them a notch on their belt and they get promoted. Oh yes, so yes. But they want to do those things, but not because they care about the community. They care about their pension. They care about getting promoted.
2: But but here's what happened. When you grow up in a culture where you idolize people who commit crime because that's what because you're a little boy. Um
1: and you play GTA or and, whatever. It,
2: it, yeah, that too, right? I'm I'm
1: serious. Not it, I know some and, people and, think and that. let's
2: let's be clear here. Um I you know, GTA, I had to think about that, but that's Grand Theft Auto. Yep. So Grand Theft Auto is a game where you can like, you know, Go rape a girl. Yeah, you can go to a hooker and you know exchange dollars with her, or not you, don't pay her, you, and that's you can, rape. You can shoot the hooker when you're done. You know, mm. you can run her over with the car that you just stole. You can kill the cop. You can do all this stuff. So when you have single moms that are on welfare that are you know got multiple baby daddies because that's what happened. That's what the culture is turning into in these inner cities, and uh, and then so these kids are you know being pacified with internet devices. And, and they're gaming and the state is providing the internet device the state of California for example provides uh, computers for kids so these kids uh, use these computers and they and they can you know basically for you know, not a lot of money they can modify these computers into these like driving simulator things and actually that was one thing a, a kid had told me is that, uh, that he had first drove a car at like 16 years old uh, and this was like six or seven years ago and he was like oh the driving is, you know his, when he went to um, Driver's editor The guy was like, "Wow, you very you like you did this you so well." He goes, mm-hmm. "Well, I've been playing Grand Theft Auto with a, with a driving simulator, Whoa. you know, for like ten years. <laughs> so like the kid understood about just yeah, you know dr- how to drive, right? Mm-hmm. So like the kid learned how to drive essentially from the computer. So these ki- so just like you said, and they idolize this culture of like um you know
4: rap going music. to jail, yeah,
2: rap music, you know." um graping hoes uh you know uh, well, now, doing drugs
3: now uh, grand theft auto has um these mods where you can either pretend to be a cop and like pull people over because hmm. you actually get them on infractions oh, and then that'll
2: get the authoritarian do- authoritarian dopamine hit going yeah, yeah. no spring. it does it does yeah exactly
3: the, a lot of the kids that do play that role are like cops kids too and yep. then the other side of things like you know going to do your drug deal or Go into play for pink slips, like and race your cars. Um, if you get caught doing those things and the cops catch you, there's consequences in the game as well. Right, right. It's, it's really wild how they set it all up. It's but really, so,
1: teaching people how to do crime. So,
2: well, what they're doing that I, it's, I, it's I a didn't...
3: modification to the game, and you can do drug deals mm. and you make profits. That's how you earn money. Hmm. But like, there's actual other people playing the cops watching you. And
2: they'll do patrols and like stuff so like that. But, like you
1: versus the cops.
2: Yeah, like real scenarios. So what you're it's doing, crazy. what you're doing is you're fanning the culture war. So now you're creating this authoritarian, um, you know, dopamine hit. So so what, like I talk about in my investing in our posterity, uh, you know, lecture series is whenever whatever children uh, uh, get for a dopamine hit as their brains are developing, young brains are developing, and actually I, th- this is. Super super true up until six years old it's, it it's very it, 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 well it 's true, but even up for men up until twenty six years old, whatever your brain's being programmed because it 's still developing women 's brains they say develop, stop developing about twenty one years old hmm. so With the uh, well, you bring that up now. You got this authoritarian class of kids uh, that are being programmed to be this authoritarian. They want to be the cop. They want to be the white knight. They want to be the hero. And maybe a lot of them don't even want to be authoritarian, but they start getting the dopamine hit through the video game. So what they're doing is they're further promoting next generation generational warfare through like these things like Grand Theft Auto. So getting back to what I was saying about the inner city kids who are stealing the cars. Um, like jacking these cars on, on his FBI agent and Of course an FBI agent is going to get jacked In D.C. because there's FBI agents everywhere Yeah they probably and, weren't And cars are getting jacked left and right in it D.C. It probably wasn't
1: a, like, and, They weren't targeting the FBI agent In fact he probably like drives an undercover car Of course
2: right? One last thing about
1: outside. GTA
3: they, They're coming out with GTA 6 mm-hmm. And um, that's not coming out for another t- Like two years or something like
1: that Oh wow why do I keep hearing about I, it I don't,
3: Yeah I don't know maybe next year I don't even know but mm. it's supposedly, supposedly woke. It's going to be woke. I heard and that. Like, they're like, oh, you can play
1: it. as a girl now. I, I was shocked that you could play as Well, that's how the story begins. Her.
3: But oh. people are saying it's potentially a trans woman oh. virtual character. How all this works, I have no
2: idea. So, so anyways, <laughs> uh, a little, little, little story here. Uh, I'm pretty close to a guy who's my age. Um,. His father went to jail when he was eight years old. Uh, His father got out of jail when he was twelve. His parents got divorced when a couple years after his dad got out of jail. And the dad was kind of like the dad was like, you know, when when the kid was like thirteen, the the dad didn't even like smoke weed, but like he'd buy his kid weed. Hmm. He'd let his kid smoke weed. He'd buy his kid cigarettes. So the dad uh, would brag about stealing cars. Uh, so, so the dad grew up in in Western Mass where I grew up, mm-hmm. and he had cousins that lived in New York City in the seventies. So, when, so in when the seventies, and like, I think the guy was born in like fifty six or And This is your friend's dad. Um, yes, this is my mm-hmm. friend's dad. <clears throat> the guy went a guy I literally known since kindergarten, and he like stacked hay with us on the farm, and. He w- we did martial arts together, you know, and he was actually a black belt in multiple martial arts. And, in fact, uh, I probably would have gotten my – I probably would have gotten a serious beating when I got jumped one day, except for he kind of came out of nowhere and started mm. being Chuck Norris and stuff when we were teenagers. Well, and, um, you know, I only had one black eye and, you know, a couple of loose teeth and a bloody lip instead of, you know, a bunch of broken bones. Anyways, um, well, these dudes were just – we were like, you know – 14 and these guys were like 19 and 20 and they were just pounding the crap out of us but anyways oh uh or me they were pounding the crap out oh, of and me his
1: dad showed up no no oh he N- showed no up. this
2: guy showed up who's the same age as me he's Whoa. like three weeks younger than me Whoa. anyways um so i can remember his dad like bragging about when we were kids stealing cars
1: in new york city in
2: new york city and like so i was kind of a car guy growing mm-hmm. up i was really into trucks and like you know doing that stuff and So he actually taught me how to open cars up, this guy. He taught me how to, like, use a Slim Jim and how to, like, you know, basically breach cars. And, and, like,
1: hotwire them or something?
2: Like, break into them. Yes, he taught me how to hotwire cars, Hmm. Absolutely. Um, he taught me a lot about auto mechanics. Actually, this guy like kind of like uh, taught me how to weld a little bit. He, hmm. he he was a super skilled guy. You know, he knew a lot of things, but he he grew up with some bad influence in his life, and he never got in trouble. Actually, he didn't even go to jail for stealing cars. He wanted, I don't even know what he went to jail for. Something stupid. He did. It was actually a white collar crime. He went to jail for like fraud. That kind of some, uh, proves what
1: you've been saying. Like they don't care about real crimes. They'll get you for some kind of paperwork so, infraction.
2: So like the his kid not paying taxes we're like yeah. we're like 16 years old and his kid is um is uh all of a sudden uh, we're like 16 i'm driving down the road somewhere and i see this guy like run out in front of me waving his arms and i stop and it's this guy this is my friend and he like and he's like i'm gonna jump in your truck and he jumps in the back of my pickup truck i was driving a pickup truck and he's like all dressed in black and he's got like Like a hoodie on and and it wasn't even you know it was like summer Mm -hmm. and i'm like what the heck so he jumps in my truck and like all of a sudden you know cops go like blowing by me
0: you know
2: like you know i'm kind of just like you know on the side of the road because i've seen this and 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 the cops come you know come go by me so i like i i just i just drive to my house and you get to i'm like what's up, dude? He's like, cop's looking for you? He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, what are you doing? And in his backpack, he's got like three or four radios. He's got like a CB radio.
1: That oh he stole out of cars?
2: You was stealing them out of cars. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what are you going to do with these things? He's like, oh, well, I'm going to sell them. I'm like, dude, they're they're not worth like, you could have just, Made more money working at Walmart stacking shelves and what like he's stealing like these garbage radios oh oh, wow. and they're not <laughs> even there weren't like anything that was like valuable and he but
1: the okay, thing so is how old was he
2: he was uh I was 17 so he must have been 17 mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> and we were both still in high school like we yeah. were going to high school together and he's like doing this stuff yeah. and and I'm like uh, um well factory
3: radio- radios are actually still worth money
2: I mean, you could go buy this radio for like forty two dollars, right? At, at Walmart, forty two dollars.
3: It took you, him like ten minutes. Yeah, but you,
2: you are you... not going to get twenty bucks. You are not going to get. You could maybe get like five percent. You're. Uh, of, you know, Why would somebody you sell it, it? buy it
1: from forty bucks from the seventeen year old instead of buying it for forty bucks from the store?
2: So you could go buy a radio for a thousand dollars, and if you steal that one, you could probably sell it for oh, a couple hundred. I don't know. But it, and, and he's got like, he's got like, uh, and he's like, and, and the stuff he stole. Was he didn't wasn't like stealing change out of the cars? He He wasn't like
1: Cadillac converters.
2: Yeah, I.
1: I don't know. I just always hear that. that Yeah,
2: so back then, like in the nineties, Cadillac converters weren't worth like eight hundred bucks, like they are today. Right. Um. Like the catalytic converter on your car out there is, would probably bring eight hundred dollars. Hmm. Um, actually, remember that Crown Vic that um uh, Ian used had, to drive? Oh, well or, I guess or nobody. Yeah, yeah. but those catalytic converters are worth like twelve hundred bucks because they have uh you know the the Crown Vics from the uh, early two thousands. Hmm. Uh, because they got big motors and you know they got dual catalytic converters because they're like kind of set up as cruisers and stuff and they're high performance. But anyways, um, because <clears throat> they got platinum in or or palladium or something. Platinum. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so like. I didn't realize this till I started studying about like brain development. So like he he would get so much enjoyment of seeing his father like gloat and glow, and and this guy's father would glow, like 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 he would have this like same like energy that I have Euphoria. talking about my kids like you know being two years old and you know. Uh, you know, and um, you know, feeding the cows and like turning the water on and off to fill up the buckets, like stuff I'm proud of, and like this guy like emulated like pride, uh, and just like you f- and, and just joy over talking about his accomplishments of stealing cars, and he was bragging, and, and and he he had kind of a conscience because he was helping these city kids steal cars because. This guy grew up in a junkyard, but his like parents were div- the father grew up in a junkyard. and His parents were divorced, so he would have to go like to the city for the summer all the time to hang out with his mm-hmm. mom. But he basically lived on his dad's junkyard uh, at- when he was growing up in upstate New York. So he understood how to like open up a car because he worked on cars. So he would help these city kids steal cars. And then he helps these guys stealing cars and then, like, steal a car that's got, like, a baby seat in it. And and, it, and they're like, dude, you got to go bring this car back. You know, this is belongs to a mom. You, you mm-hmm. can't do this, you know. He, he was one of those guys. He was, like, you know, sort of had a conscience about him. But what was interesting, so this guy I'm talking about, my friend, really got in, he got so high off stealing cars. Like, he. I'm not stealing cars. Stealing stuff out of cars. He didn't actually steal cars. He actually never really drove a car. Mm-hmm. But he he and then he got in with like so so what what started happening is he started selling like the he was stealing radios out of cars is what he was doing, and just like c b they probably just- make more money uh
3: jacking the tires. He, yeah because it's it, easy to flip tires it's not easy to flip radios
2: but also like yeah. he lives
1: in like western massachusetts and he's 17 years so, old but, like was he gonna have any success selling something like tires like wouldn't somebody be like yeah will give this well, here's, back to well, well, here's old the man thing. jenkins he,
2: he probably couldn't take a tire off a car he wasn't that competent but he could oh, remove geez. a radio mm-hmm. and he wouldn't even do it right so he ended up started <laughs> stealing like two-way radios and like cb radios out of like just construction equipment and like just Trucking company. It's pretty smart. And so he starts hooking up with these guys in Springfield, Mass. That are that are um, trading him drugs
1: because hmm.
2: yep. that's the only way Sounds he like fenced expensive stuff. So this dude got hooked on drugs. Uh, he like OD'd. He like had all kinds and and literally like he was like 21 years old and he's been a ward of the state ever since. So wow. he's like living in a mental institution. He's like that living sucks. in halfway houses. Like, his life is just trashed. But that was because he emulated his dad bragging about committing these crimes. And, went, and he didn't have a dad during formative years His dad went to jail hmm. So he just wanted to be like his dad And, and then that's he was getting his
1: dopamine hits Dealing worthless radios And then yeah. doing drugs So it makes sense 603-283-6160 More coming up It's Free Talk Live The,
0: crimes of the Eleutheromania
1: is the phone number for you to call. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie.
2: Jay. And Joa.
1: And I wanted to tell you about ForkFest 2024. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 13th through the 16th for the 8th Annual ForkFest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Forkfest is the fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which has sold out in recent years. Forkfest happens the weekend before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Forkfest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do is join, or to join the fun, is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 13th through the 16th. You can find out more at the unofficial website forkfest.party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest forum. You can find links to those at forkfest.party. We hope to see you there June 13th through the 16th. Forkfest.party. Will you guys be going?
2: Yeah, Um. I haven't bought tickets for ForkFest. I, I I haven't gotten a um, campsite yet. Uh, you know, I tried pretty hard to, like, you know, get money to do the – man camp, you know, it's it's like expensive for me to do man camp. It's like a whole week of prep before I go. And it's a lot of stuff to bring up there. I got to make two trips back and forth, you know, bring up a whole nother trailer. And then it isn't really something I can actually like that blacksmithing and forging. I just can't do it with my kids. Mm-hmm. It's so young. Well, yeah, they're just their frontal lobes are, aren't you know you know totally developed to their brains, so I can't like have them you know my three year old or two year old be or or they'll be four and three, I can't have them you know hanging on to uh, you know put you know, forging iron you know in a hot forge. It just it doesn't work. I, I actually both my kids do blacksmith, but it's with cold iron, and they basically just take little pieces of metal, and they I like got a little set of tongs set up. And uh, and then they take a little hammer and they just bang it on the anvil. You oh, know. so that's kind of
1: a way to like learn before they yeah, can yeah, do yeah, it hot. Yeah,
2: that's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, can't do it hot. It's just dangerous, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why my you know cutoff is six years old. Uh, because at six years old, most kids understand you know things are hot and things can burn. Mm-hmm. And, and the funny thing is, is the only people who've really gotten injured doing man camp have been adults. Oh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> not kids. Yeah, <laughs> Well, uh, hey, w- when we um, uh, left off uh, in, in the last segment, I was talking about how, you know, this guy, this kid I grew up with who um, had all the great all, all the same, you know, sort of upraising I had. We And, you know, except for his father went to jail and like, you know, his parents got divorced and stuff. But my parents were divorced, too. Uh, actually, my dad went to jail for a little while. Oh, but, when um, you
1: were alive when you were a kid?
2: Yeah, when I was uh, eight years old. Oh. he he was in jail for 30 days he was arrested um he was targeted by the fbi actually
1: Who watched you
2: uh, uh oh my grandmother and hmm. we had a lot of friends you know my stepmom was yeah. there um oh, okay but anyways my dad uh went uh went through a, a a jury trial uh he defended himself no lawyer and he won and uh and anyways uh, it's a long story but uh so he won he he beat the charges <clears throat> you know brought a massive lawsuit against the federal government that was like you know just totally dismissed because you know all the judges are corrupt mm-hmm. uh so i learned that a long time ago uh but anyways the moral of the story is is like i i hear people talking about like you know doing stupid things like these farm kids you grew up with they're like oh yeah i used to get drunk and smoke a bunch of weed and go ride my dirt bike all over the place and they're mm-hmm. like these guys are like 40 and 50 years old or 35 years old and they're like and they're bragging about this crap in front of their kids, mm. you know, or, and that's just one example, or um, you know, just things like that. So it's like you really got to It's be, like
1: you really want your kids to think you were cool, so you're bragging well, in front of them about something you can't do anymore, like what the old days.
2: What they're doing is they're bragging to their buddies about the dumb things they did. And they
1: think that their kids won't and, be affected. And the, ki-
2: and the kids are there. They're not, mm-hmm. like, sitting there telling the kids, like, exactly. Oh, okay. You know, the ki- kids are kind of, like, listening, you know, third party. Yeah. And...
1: Yeah, you know, my mom thinks that I don't remember so much stuff that she talked about in front of me. And,
2: and I remember
1: being 1 years <clears throat> old.
2: And and so what happens is when you have these conversations of like doing like like really dumb stuff or breaking like breaking the law. Like, you know, I I for example am a very much a law abiding individual. or mm-hmm. man, I don't break the law. You know, the laws don't steal, don't kill. You know, don't lie, don't don't break, violate contracts. Uh, you know, I don't do any of those things. You know, all, all this statutory stuff is not lodged. It's yeah. You know, private municipal code of these. You know, bankrupt corporation calling itself state of whatever. So, anyways, the um, uh, so and, and this goes the other way too. Like, like one of the th- uh, so, and and I kind of interrupt people. You know, when you're talking about doing drugs, like ripping lines of coke, for example. I heard a guy talking about mm, in
1: front of his kids.
2: Yeah, these kids were, like, just, you know, right there. What about your kids? Uh, I didn't have kids. When oh. was, I, they they weren't around. This was this was actually, like, um, at, a, like, a truck pole.
1: For some reason, yeah. in my mind, it's, like, if you're talking about something, like, five years ago, even, I'm, like, oh, and where were your kids? Because in my <laughs> mind, you always had them, but they're not five years old. They so. were
2: a twinkle in my eye. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so, like, this, this is, like, I don't know, 15 years ago, I guess, is when I lived in Massachusetts. These guys are, like, talking about doing coke and, like... Just like college, it was college. You were talking about like the college nonsense, the thing, the partying, and they're like, "Oh, those were the great days, you know. I was, you know, playing college ball, and we would do coke because we couldn't smoke weed because if we smoked weed, we couldn't play college ball. Yeah, yeah. and like, and if you and 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 you know, and if you did coke, you weren't hung over and all this stuff. And like, I don't even, you know, this is just what these guys were talking about. Yeah. and and they were, and I'm like. And I'm like, think, like I didn't like say anything to him. I'm like, whatever. But like, I'm thinking now, like, man, I would have been like, dude, don't don't talk that about your front of your kid. And, and like now, like these guys on like Facebook, mm-hmm. um, they're like, kids are you know into coke. Oh wow, <laughs> you know? that's and, surprising. And, and like that was, that was one example. And another thing uh, that I want to throw out there is it's kind of a little polar opposite is when you have divorced parents. So if you have divorced parents and and. Uh, Like, so a lot of times you have single moms, and understand, being a single mom is an impossible task.
1: Yeah, it seems like it's me. Like, I never thought much about it, but we were talking last week about a friend I know who her and her boyfriend just kind of split. And I just go over there and hang out and hold the baby and talk to her. Nice. I can't even imagine like taking care of one baby by myself. She has multiple.
2: Right. So anyways, uh, real quick, some statistics on being a single mom. So uh, children raised by um, a single uh, mom... Uh, are uh, like have all of this like horrible like statistical things happen to them. They're 20 more times likely more likely to go to jail. Mm-hmm. The women the the, the 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 boys are 20 times more likely to go to jail. The girls are like ex- several times more likely to commit suicide. Whoa. They're se- several times more likely to get pregnant as a teenager. They are um several times a- and the girls are like several times more likely to repeat, repeat the pattern of getting pregnant by multiple baby daddies. Mm-hmm. Uh the um Uh, What is it like something like 85% or 91% of the prison population are uh, are are fatherless, fatherless um, uh, kids. Uh, There is uh, the the psychiatric being in a mental institution is like a lot. So this is all fatherless. Uh, And then the statistics show that children raised by a single father and a mother and a father turn out the same. The statistics. So when you're raised by a single mom as a child, uh, it's really bad because mom has an impossible job. Now, the uh, welfare industrial complex has been subsidizing single moms basically since, you know, right after World War II because, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, men went to war and didn't come home and there was a whole bunch of single moms and so... Mm. So, the milit- so, so, like, you know, the, the government's like, oh, yeah, we're going to give these moms money, take care of them. And when you subsidize something, you just create more of it. So, yeah. like, if you subsidize welfare, you're going to get to the point to where all of the cities that have the big welfare programs and are comfortable to live are going to be lined with, the streets will be not lined with gold, but poop. Uh, oh because God. you got a bunch of junkies, uh, because all the junkies are on welfare. All the homeless people doing drugs are on welfare. All the people that are overdosing have an EBT card. Just ask any first responder; they will hmm. tell you that. So, <clears throat> the um, the thing is, is uh, so a lot of these single moms will like talk so much smack about the father to talk horrible about him. And a lot of these single moms are not lying with what they're saying about the yeah. father, right? Yeah. They, because there is just a whole bunch of deadbeat dads. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, it's it's it, because they've been demasculated. They have, no, you know, the, the, the uh, state has sort of replaced the father. The, you, know, the, you know, single moms don't need, you know, you don't, you don't see any 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 malnourished. Well, they are technically malnourished if they're really fat. But you don't see any, like, really scrawny, skinny, starving to death you know, children being raised by single parents because the single moms all get an EBT card and they can go buy their ho-hos and sugar and junk food and, you know, Coca-Cola, you know, basically infused, you know, baby formula or whatever. And um, so, but, but the same thing with you can totally wreck a kid's brain by crap talking, bad mouthing the parent, or for that effect, bad mouthing anyone that kid loves or worships Hmm. so a lot of these like young boys that are being raised by a single mom by default they are going to worship whatever they see for men out there so if they're on internet devices and they're you know playing grand theft auto they're gonna and and they're seeing you know what's going on or uh tiktok the algorithm is feeding them you know a whole bunch of garbage
1: um uh,
2: of uh you know and like of 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 whatever and so you have a lot of kids essentially being, you know, raised by the algorithm. The algorithm is feeding them, you know, these kind of things, and it's sort of what they're turning into. But getting back to talking bad about the significant, about your ex, about the baby's father, for example. I, and even I I see dads that talk bad about the mother, and I'm like, dude, you cannot do that. Your kid, you, 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 um, you just can't. And they're like, it's true. And they say the same thing with somebody's moms. They're talking to dad about, about the dad bad about the dad and it's true well what it does is it demoralizes that kid uh there is nothing more demoralizing than you know uh you know as a little boy that your daddy you know is a a piece of garbage and then to hear it again and again and again and a lot of times the mom isn't even saying it to the kid this is a conversation the mom is having with someone else and i've had i I said to a mom a couple years oh man she got so mad at me she, she's single. She's got a two-year-old little boy, or maybe it's a year and a half. And I'm like, "Hey, you've been talking crap about his dad, mm-hmm. you know, the whole time I've been here."
1: And even if it's true, and but. and
2: she and, and she's like, "Well, oh, that's true." And why are you, you know, I'm not. And she just immediately thinks I'm attacking her. Mm-hmm. And um, and and this was actually uh at a camping trip, and uh, and I'm like, "Hey, listen, I'm not attacking you, but like." Y- that kid is gonna not resent the father. He's gonna resent the, me- the, the, the you, who are, and you're just being a messenger, mm-hmm. right? And, and she's just talking, to, you know, one of her girlfriends or something, venting. Mm-hmm. If you want to vent, that's fine. You want to talk about how bad this guy is and how much he's ruined your life, and you know, because you know the, the dude's a deadbeat dad. You yeah. know, he's like he's a drug addict. He's like doesn't pay any child support. You know, he's like one of the and. and Actually, it's been like six, four years now. I guess the kid's like six, and uh and, and and like the you know the dad's like, oh hey Johnny, I'm coming over on Friday and to get you, and like you know the kid's like waiting there for dad. He's so no, happy he's gonna see dad, dad. Just doesn't show up because terrible. because dad got paid on Thursday and dad went and did drugs all day all weekend. And like and he's one of these guys that like oh, so you know sad. he goes back to work when he's at, when he's not doing the drugs. You know, like I know the guy. You know, I know the guy who works for occasionally. And <clears throat> so, anyways. Uh, the um, yeah, if you're getting divorced or if you're not with the mother and like your friend there that you were telling me about, like, like both the mom and the dad need to understand they can't trash talk the kid's other parent because a kid will hate them. Mm-hmm. And so, what does that do? That like that stimulates a part of the brain. Um, similar to like, you know, we're talking, I'm always talking about how the intervice, internet device stimulates, you know, the part of the brain that's stimulated by cocaine. Mm-hmm. Well, the the part of the brain, so I don't know what part of the brain that like this, like traumatizing stuff, uh, there's a guy named Gabor Mate, if, um, I wish I knew how to spell his name off the top of my head. But anyways, if you want to internet search him, he really writes on this. There's all kinds of great YouTube videos of this guy doing le- uh, lectures, Gabor Mate. And, um, he, so he- Yeah, it, it smells
1: just like you- I uh, think G A B O R M A T E with a I forget what it's called French cafe slash above it.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So he's got like a little bit of an accent, and, and, and which I like listening to guys with accents because when they speak English and it's not like their first language, they're usually really clear about it, extra clear. Oh, um, just in my opinion, you know, he's he's, he's a good speaker. Uh, it, it, in fact, that's like should be mandatory like study what gay mate has to say if you're planning on being a dad hmm. um, or if you are a parent or if you're a grandparent. Does he work um. on
1: like brains or just just it says trauma it says he has a background in family practice and a special interest in childhood development, trauma and potential lifelong impacts on physical and mental health, including autoimmune disease, cancer, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, addictions and a, lo- a wide range of other conditions.
2: Yeah, so so this guy, what this guy has to talk everything, every word this guy says is is quite literally gold. Like like um, this is I'm putting together actually a packet uh, I've been working on a little bit of for because I have actually a lot of friends that are going to have a baby really soon, <laughs> so I'm sort of putting together like a, a special packet and I'm going to build a slideshow just for them. And then what's cool about this slideshow is I could put it into my a- poco presentation that I'm going to do uh, this winter. Uh, but anyways, <clears throat> the um uh the stressing the children's brain about talking you know smack about their father or their mother or their grandmother or um, they're like a uh, favorite, like a uh, baseball player. And, and <laughs> even I've been a little guilty of this with, with a particular kid that like really loves playing video games. Hmm. And I'm like, dude, video games are bad. You know, they're messing your brain. And I'm just telling them all like truth. Mm-hmm. And this kid's like, he's not little. He was, you know, this was this past summer. He was, uh, I think he's like t- 13.
1: Yeah, and, and you think it's making him hate you because he loves video it games.
2: definitely inaliated him. Hmm. Definitely. Hmm. And uh, you, you know, and, and that now, and that made me aware that you know, you know of this. So uh, because he he like worships this, but he's addicted to video games. He has and internet. it makes
1: sense; like kids don't work totally logically. Like if you're it's making spe- fun of, or, or if you're talking smack about their dad in their brain, that might be like, "Well, I'm part my dad, so like I'm trash." You're saying I'm yeah. trash too.
2: Well, my so so you're right. So the average twelve or 13, a twelve or thirteen year old that like gr- grew up in an Amish farmhouse, for example, is probably super logical. <laughs> or the twelve or third year thirteen year old that didn't grow up using an internet device his whole whole, whole life, but like you know, a, a kid who who is uh, thirteen years old, let's say, you know, this past summer has literally had an internet device in his hand, like. His attention's been going there ever since he's. And I'm new to kids since he was five, and he was all. That's all he talked about was these stupid video games, yeah. and all this crap. And um, so 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 uh, what happened is he doesn't have logic and reasoning development because he, his brain has been wired by the internet device. And then here I come along, you know, it's like me talking to a four year old, you know, about you know how crappy his dad is or how crappy his mother is. But w- what I'm talking to is somebody who's essentially got the, you know, sort of the brain development of a five or six year old, but he's 13 years old. And, you know, he's more of a man than a boy at this point, you know, physically. And he um, and he got really upset with me. Like he was like, you know, his mother was like, oh, you really upset him. You know? And I'm like, mm. really? And, I, didn't, you know, but anyways, uh, so I, I basically took his idol and tore it down and with a very convincing argument. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and I wasn't like screaming at him. Yeah. I was just like talking to him and, uh, he really couldn't go anywhere when I was particularly talking to him and I was, you know, um, just, you know, so I sort of had him like, uh, you know, like kind of captured, you know, because yeah. where he was, you know, he just, we, you know, we happened to be in the same, same room. And anyways, uh, <clears throat> so, and I was just, you know, lecturing him and, and he got really upset. So anyways, hmm. uh, and, 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 but, you know, he's you know, he's he's his main you know, he's 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 in really bad shape because he's just been allowed to, you know, yeah. game his whole life it's and probably you know, something that, that
1: like means so much more to him than you could have possibly known because he loves it so much because it's the only thing that yeah. I don't know he enjoys. Yeah, you're
2: exactly right. Mm-hmm. It, exactly right. It was yeah, you know, and it's but it's so, so, sad. so anyways, Gaber Mate gets into like uh he talks about attention deficit disorder, which is like a huge thing and 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 so so what he, what Gabor gets into about attention de- deficit disorder with the kids is like when mom and dad argue and there's like an infant hmm. and, you know, so, so at a certain point a baby's like a pet rock. So I don't know how old <laughs> your friend's baby is, but, um,
1: born in early October.
2: So basically that baby's like a pet rock. It just sits <laughs> there and it drools and it poops and she it smiles now and and, and, and it smiles, but hmm. it's, it, you, but you, it, it's not, you You know, she's, might be, is she crawling? No. Right, so it's a pet rock. So yeah. they're no longer a pet rock once they're crawling, right? Because now uh, they're moving around. But
1: when you're saying they're a pet rock, are you saying that even, like, conversations around them don't actually affect them? No, 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 no. Because so I think phys- they Physically,
2: do. they're like a pet rock. It's yeah. just kind of a, 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 a saying. Yeah, and, oh, okay. But, so their brain's working, they're listening, and like, if this mom and dad is not getting along, and this mom, let's say she's going to get in a physical, uh, not physical, but like a, a screaming match with dad. Yeah. Uh, and let's say that she's just on the phone for example and mm-hmm. and and having a screaming match with the dad you know on the other end of the phone or they're doing it in person in front of the kid mm-hmm. well what happens is that stresses that baby i bet yeah because the the only thing the baby knows and and the baby absorbs everything that comes from mom or dad
1: it's probably really sensitive to emotions too at that time oh
2: absolutely because because the, um, the brain is in like a, a big development stage, it's huge de- brain development. And, and you'll, if, you, if you hang out with uh, this friend often, like say you go hang out with her twice a week
0: mm-hmm.
2: for the next six months. You are gonna like notice all these leaps, you, like yeah. like you just said, the baby's smiling, Yeah. right? And was the baby smiling three or four weeks ago at you? No, you know, for example, so so you've been making these observations. You're gonna mm-hmm. say, oh wow, the baby's talking so good. Yeah, the baby's walking. Oh, the baby's running. You know, the baby's climbing. You know, and and you're gonna like you know ob- observe this, and 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 that's awesome that you go over there and invest some time in this baby hmm. and give it some love because yeah. if it's if the if dad's not in the picture or whatever is going on, if there's stress, like that's just you know. Like, you're going to be, like, Auntie Bonnie, and that Mm -hmm. baby's going to love you forever, you know, uh, because of that. Um, And so, but, yeah, like, the baby, so, like, if, if, if Joe and I start having a screaming match in this room and you can't handle it, you can just leave, yeah, yeah. Actually, this is your house, so you could just tell us to leave, yeah, or you could just leave. Um, but a baby can't do that, so this this fragments like the brain, mm-hmm. this causes like a lot of trauma, yeah. They don't want to,
1: isn't that um, kind of like dissociation, like yep. that really fragments the brain because yep. they start to feel that they don't want to be there but they can't leave, yep. so they yep. disassociate from yep. the situation. Yep. I didn't know that really babies can do that, but I've definitely heard of like child rape victims.
2: Yeah, same exact thing. That. That, Gaber Mate, check him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, 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 his information is gold.
1: 603-283-6160. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. Um, got any information about this subject we're talking about, you can bring it up or if you want to change the subject, it's up to you because it's Free Talk Live. More coming up.
4: Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs.
1: As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice.
4: We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people.
1: We want to learn from each other.
4: What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love,
1: and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual.
4: The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way.
1: Love as your guide.
4: And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com.
1: That's church. ShireSociety.com It's talk radio that you control, 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie.
2: Jay. And Joa.
1: And I want to tell you about amps.freetalklive.com. amps.freetalklive.com is a place you can go to um, amplify, market, uh, promote, and support Free Talk Live. Sorry, it took me a second to remember that. Um, you can go there to support the show. Um, and I would like to thank Crash Gordon, who's a gold level amplifier. That means he is at least giving ten dollars a month to support the show. So thank you so much, Crash Gordon, so, for being an amplifier. He is promoting, amplifying, market, marketing, promoting, and supporting the show. So thank you so much to Crash Gordon. And um, if you would like to become an amplifier too, you can go to Amps dot freetalklive. dot com. That's a m p s. dot freetalklive. dot com. I'm gonna go straight into the phone calls. Anonymous caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your on your mind?
2: Going once, going twice. Oh,
1: are you there, f- caller? Yeah, no, I, I think no one's there. Um, okay, but hey, Jay, didn't you want? Didn't you have something you would like to promote to the listeners?
2: Oh yes. Uh, so um this February, uh, in Acapulco, Mexico, I will be presenting at the 10th annual Anarchopoco. So go to com to check it out. Uh, there is a whole list of, um, speakers that's going to be there. Uh, it's been a uh, very successful conference, uh, has great reviews. There's a lot of good information. Uh, and I will be essentially presenting on, Investing in our posterity. Uh, How not to screw your children up. You know, I'm going to be talking about, like, psychological uh, uh, issues. I'm going to actually be getting some of the gay board mate stuff uh, into it. I am going to have suggestions for uh, expecting parents. I'm also going to have suggestions suggestions for the people who uh, don't have kids that aren't going to have kids. Hmm. You know, the the women that are, you know, Hmm. post-40-something. The men in their 50s who, you know are just just not looking to get with a girl because they don't want to get divorced and lose half their stuff. Hmm. Uh, And that's, you know... And then you have the the dinks. What kind
1: of stuff do you tell... uh, Oh, yeah, dinks. That's a new word.
2: Dual income, no kids.
1: Um, What what kind of stuff do you have to tell people who can't have kids or won't have kids?
2: Uh, To invest in somebody else's kids. To Hmm. invest in a family. So a lot of these dinks, for example, have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean... I I haven't saved any money since my kids have been born. Hmm. But man, I am very thankful I saved before, before my th- kids were born. But I also, you know. Um, well, they don't all- sound like
1: they're um, saving. Sorry. For the most part, those people that come on the internet and brag about being dinks, we're dinks. We can buy $8 lattes every day. That's just dumb anyway. Yeah, like, well, even if you're whoever you are.
2: That's city, urban, liberal type people. Yeah. Um, doing just, that kind of stuff.
1: Um, <laughs> I don't have a problem with anyone who decides to not have kids. It's. It, it's not even like I'm having kids. It's just that these people who are making these videos about being dinks, all they're bragging about is the most materialistic and dumb stuff. Right, right, and right, right. Yeah. It, I it's think the bragging just, part
3: that kind of really distracts everyone. It's like yeah, but like you know, I, there's a lot of people that don't have kids. A lot of gay couples out there don't have kids. So and their money just dies with with their
1: you can donate your money well it goes
3: to friends and stuff but it's like you can
1: like donate it to something really good i mean like lots of people who have kids their money just goes to their kids stupid college funds or like whatever drugs or whatever but i I find
3: like like say like provincetown massachusetts it's mm -hmm. it's like they say it's like a place where money dies yeah because like the money doesn't isn't inherited so they literally these people just spend all their money while they're alive oh i see and yeah so it's just a really wealthy area just because of that factor you know
2: so, so what do I tell people? Well, you really should come to um February 11th through 16th, so you can hear this. Mm-hmm. But let me uh, just give—I'm going to give Hi, a, give a little us. bit because the information is super important. Mm-hmm. So I want to uh, the the childless people. I want them to invest in our posterity. All right, so our posterity, the posterity of founding fathers is the future generations, future kids. So there's, for several reasons. Well, first off, we're all going to need someone to take care of us someday. Everybody's going to need someone to take care of them at some point in their life. So if you don't have any kids, if you don't have anybody who loves you, it all comes down to love. If you don't have somebody younger that is able-bodied and cares about you, to at least make sure you're being treated well in your nursing home, or mm-hmm. at least you're in a good nursing home. Yeah. Um. Like uh, life's gonna really suck for you. Also, if you're su- when you start getting to be this age, 60, 70 years old, and you don't have any kids, you you by default become one of the people I talk about that lacks confidence that begs for government. Because hmm. especially if, like all these um, single women that don't have any children. Uh, not so much the single men, but the single women who don't have any children, you know, they're the ones voting for, you know, Biden, you mm. know, they're the ones that are going to and, and also there are a lot of those, you know, I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them have been kind of, you know, bought this, you know, feminism nonsense and they're, you know, and they refuse to realize that there was a big mistake to go along with this fem- feminism crap. Uh, that you don't need a man, you don't, you know, you can be independent, and then, and then they also start freaking out because they never had any kids. That part of the brain development didn't happen, you know. They're, um, you know, they're they're feeling crazy. They've hit this wall essentially. Now, I know a a, a lot of a, a handful of uh, older women um, that have invested heavily in you know their sister's kids mm-hmm. or the friends down the road kids or like uh, I know a farm here in New Hampshire where they. You know, there's the grandparents are essentially dinks, Uh, but uh, and then the um, parents of the kids uh, have been friends with let's call them I call them the segregate segregate, surrogate grandparents, um and and uh, and then so anyways so now there's like there there's like a nine year old and eleven year old girl and mom and dad are forty and the surrogate grandparents are you know. 60 I don't really know how old they are actually yeah. I'm going to say 60 and they are constantly doing stuff with the kids they're helping the kids out they babysit the kids they teach the kids like just all the like things they know and like 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 these grandparents um surrogate grandparents are like um the, they're very well educated they're smart uh they get a lot of knowledge um and I don't know if they have money or not I don't think they're hurting uh, but anyways, the, the, the they have they get tremendous joy and lo- and they're experiencing life satisfaction just like they have children and a family, and 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 that like th- they are just so like grateful that they have this you know sort of adopted family, hmm. and 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 they've been friends with the parents uh, twenty five years or something you know they've known them for a long time, and <clears throat> but like if you don't have that. Like like life's gonna you know is gonna get like you're gonna get to this point in life to where it's gonna be scary, um you know you're not you know who's gonna help you who's gonna come and especially if the world like gets like very unstable or yeah. or your part of the world, uh so like children are are are, are really important so I I want to you know convince these people that are older that are not gonna have any kids to invest in some kids, uh and and I sort of have some ideas how to do it and also like you know I, I care about uh, you know, there's just so many good people I know that aren't that just aren't going to have any kids that are older. And it's like and, 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 and I know of I know of probably about six or seven of them off the top of my head that like basically don't have anybody in their life who's going to, you know, wipe their butt for them hmm. or just be like, oh, you can come live in my house. You know, you don't have to go to that nursing home. Hmm. But the return on investment that you will get from investing in children and investing in families and being kind and you know you know helping out with this stuff and and then because you're old and older and wise and maybe i can you know help you understand some things about brain development and helping the kids earn a dopamine hits uh and you teach the kids things whether it's like how to ride a bicycle how to play the piano how to ride a horse you know how to drive the car um that like the kids can, like, earn appreciation from, or even teach the kids a skill. Like, I know a, a guy who's a blacksmith, he's actually, uh, he's, he's in his 80s now, and he doesn't have any kids, and he was sort of a mentor to me a little bit, you know, when I was younger. And um, he is actually, uh, what he has done is he moved in um, a family with him who was basically the uh, the father. Uh, he let him, he, he was an apprentice in his blacksmith shop, and then the dad went and, you know that this guy went and he worked in a machine shop and he did this stuff but as a teenager he was an apprentice for him and he worked for this old guy Quincy's actually the man's name and he lives uh, down in Massachusetts <clears throat> and now he, ha- he and and he's very successful and he, and he was actually a horseshoer, this this Quincy
1: Yeah, that's really hard isn't and
2: um it? Yeah, It is, and he's a little fella, and he like he doesn't shoe horses anymore, but um, and uh, horse shoeer, not shoot. As oh yeah, in, yeah, as in a farrier, he puts shoes on horses' hooves. Yeah, make a, that clear.
1: That's what I was asking. That's that's a hard job, isn't yep. it? I've I've always heard that. that yeah, is.
2: my brother is a horseshoer. I, I I was a oh, horseshoer yeah. um for a lot of years. I was a farrier, and yeah, it's it's physically demanding, but if you do it a lot and you're healthy and you don't get beat up and you know, but anyways, <clears throat> so this guy has a family living with him, you know, and he basically has you know his so the state's not going to get his house the state's not going to get his farm the state's not going to get his farm equipment because this guy <coughs> has his his kids are going to get it and they're not even his kids
4: mm.
2: and it just happened to be this one guy that you know was a teenager worked with him mm-hmm. and then you know he got married and this that and the other thing and like the guy's got a father and stuff like that but his him, his wife, and his kids all live with this old man in, in in his great big beautiful house. And the old man's like, just he's like, uh, when I, I I last talked to him, he was like, you know, <clears throat> my life's complete. You know, this is wonderful. And and like I so I saw this happen. You know, I, I you know I've known this guy since I was mm, a little kid myself. <clears throat> and uh, and I saw this happen. So like, this is a beautiful thing. Because I've also seen the opposite thing happen. You know, I've had a, like a lot of horse customers over the years that are like getting old single people and you know, three weeks later three weeks after they die, you know, some some somebody, you know, out of house is stinking and call a cop and yep, sure enough, they're in their dead, they died yeah. by themselves, you know, and, and it's like, Well, what's happening to their stuff? Oh well, I didn't have a will or or you know, the church is getting it, but like I I know one guy, he's probably worth five, six, seven million dollars and No will, no nothing. He died at like 62. He died kind of young. He was, you know, not real healthy. Um, But like all of his stuff, the state just got it. The state of Massachusetts just got it. What a shame. So like.
1: Yeah, people should definitely have Pick somebody to give
2: it to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and and make these relationships and invest in power study. So like the people who aren't going to have any kids are going to be dependent on government. They're going to vote for government to point guns at us to take care of them. So I want to avoid that. Yep. They're going to have a horrible, like, not good quality of life, you know, for their, for their final years. And, you know, uh, and, I, and I see this old dude, Quincy, who he's actually in pretty good shape from what I understand. But, like, um, he's being well taken care of and just has such a great quality of life because he choose to invest. He actually invested in a lot of kids, teaching hmm. them blacksmithing, taking them horseshoeing with him. You know, um, you know, helping them out with like horse-related stuff, and so he he, he won. You know, he's he, and and he didn't have to change a diaper.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyways, um,
2: An- Anacapoca, February 11th through 16th. Um, there is going to be a whole bunch of speakers there. It's um, you know the anarchists are gathering in beautiful Acapulco. I am looking forward to it. Um, you're going to be able to meet m- uh, me, my wife, my kids, uh, and my kids are just awesome. Everybody loves them. Uh, you know, that meets them because, you know, they're just, uh, you know, I'm just trying to set the example of what what we need to do to have liberty in our lifetime. And we have to build generation next to be resilient, competent, polite, fun, valuable and attractive.
1: And, and one thing that ties into something we were talking about last night that I was just thinking of when you're talking about, like, choosing kids, if you don't have kids, choose some to help take care of it or whatever is I think that reality is literally just the aggregate of what everybody imagines and thinks and feels and then puts out into the world. I mean, that's literally what the definition of reality is, that everybody creates it together. It's not just you can't create your own reality. I I think that's a misled interpretation of like the laws of attraction and stuff like, oh, you can have any type of life you want if, if you use the power of your mind. Like that's a misinterpreted way of seeing it. It's more just. Everybody together can and that it's a lot less magical sounding that way. But if all if you're getting old and everyone's kids around you are just getting crappier and crappier. yep. Well, that's going to affect you. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I do think yep. of is like if you help choose some kids that um, like especially if you think that they're like not uh, their parents are you know, are, are at a disadvantage, like they're poor or something like that. And you help you're just helping that little part of society grow up to be better like i know that people with both their parents have a huge advantage sometimes when people talk about how ba- bad their lives were from their parents just simply being divorced that they didn't even beat them or anything like that mm-hmm. i feel almost like oh, i feel not guilty like i know it's not my fault but i feel like oh i feel a little privileged that compared to them because like just my parents being together made so much about life Easier and better for
2: me. I mean, you, for example, uh, you know, I view you as, like, a, a valuable woman. Oh. And a lot of that is because you, you had your parents there. Yeah. And so, like, uh, like I was talking to a, a young man the other day, and he was talking about dating this girl. I think he's, like, 15 years old. And oh. I'm like, so the most important thing is what's her what's her parents like? What's her relationship with her dad? And uh, she's like, oh, yeah, her dad's, like, a deadbeat, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, don't fall in love with this girl right away. You, you need to, like... Feel this out. I didn't tell her, tell him to just like not do anything you know, because he would totally fall in love with her probably. If I'm like, no, don't do this. I'm yeah. like, you know, just, just you're like you got to feel it out. It. You got to yeah. like. It takes a year or more for for the dirt to come out in the wash, hmm. right? Like, because people can be on a really good behavior for several months in a Especially relationship. Especially
1: if you don't live with them, like your high schooler, <clears throat> sure. and you just see them at high school. Yep,
2: yep. And or uh, after and, hours. And she's a very cute girl. And I'm like, if she's gonna put out like really easy, she's gonna put out for anybody really easy don't think you're special, you know, things like that. And
1: The the other thing is I always want to tell girls, and I never do because it's like no one's going to listen to me and it sounds mean, but I want to tell somebody really close to me in my life that I don't like her boyfriend because, like, many reasons. And I think a huge thing is men, they have grown up without... Uh, Both parents in their lives Or especially without a dad Mm -hmm. They feel so sorry for themselves for the rest of their life Like they can't imagine Victim
2: victim mentality Nothing that
1: they do to you could possibly be that big of a deal Because like I I just feel so sorry for myself For the rest of my life because I didn't have a dad Like, And they may not be thinking that in the front of their brain Like that's not front and center In their mind but that's how they act And I would never date a a guy without a dad
2: A lot of that victim mentality programming I I believe is not just From not having a dad Hmm. But it definitely like the seed for the victim mentality of not having dad in life uh, for both the boys and the girls is like um, that seeds there and the fertilizer and the water for that victim mentality is like sort of the um, the school, like the uh, public school culture. you know the 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 public school the critical race theory especially with the um with with the black kids uh you know being told that like you they're know they're victims they're victims they can not do this they're facing oppression and then saying that these guys got white privilege and all that stuff um and then another part of this investment thing that I w- would like to like suggest to a lot of people is so we have a a um we have a a lot of single moms with children We have a lot of single moms with multiple children. Uh, 23% of the children in the United States uh, are being raised by a single parent. 80 to 90% of those uh, kids are being raised by just a mom. Hmm. And so we have, and the thing is too, in the dating marketplace, like I know uh, a handful of single, I know a bunch of single moms. We all know a bunch of single moms. They're everywhere. And it, it seems like yeah, and f- and from what i and even just like you start you know listening to some of these things, like I do a lot of research ted talks and like when I'm working and or whatever doing stuff and listening to like these you know youtube uh podcasts about you know family life and like the you know the dating and like you know um you have just pearly things you know she's pretty good i hate her. um it's okay i i i I think she has a lot of value uh in what she's got to talk about and i don't agree with everything she says but Mm -hmm. but definitely there's there's like a lot of good stuff there that i
1: the other thing is she doesn't practice what she preaches like she is ugly doesn't take care of herself and is fat and then she acts like every other woman is trash if they have like had sex with more than one guy you're not even trying to be attractive and she's almost 40
2: so to try so, to get a like so decent husband. i'm like um i don't disagree with you put it yeah. that way but that's like th- so like her like you know this is like the shock value of like earning a dopamine hit as a youtuber that's
1: probably what it's all. as far about. as i'm concerned that's what i
2: think she does uh, so. so i don't th- i'm not gonna discount her for that because she does bring a lot of you know she she is actually i think she has value so anyways um so, for example, where was I going with this? Oh, so we got—we uh, have a whole bunch of single moms. Mm-hmm. Like, so the world average of children being raised by single parents is seven percent.
0: Hmm.
2: Uh, China is like three and a half percent, but the United States is twenty-three percent. It's the wow. highest in the world, and, and and it's because the American government, the U.S. government, you know, gives you a bunch of money is, is subsidizing single moms, mm-hmm. and also there's no fault divorce. Like, I, I know so many people that have gotten divorced that legally couldn't have gotten divorced. Um, the you, the you know, state guides people to separate. Yes. like when I say
3: guided, they encourage them to make up stories yep. encourage the the you know the system to work in their favor when they make little little uh, lies and uh, this is a way for them to separate uh, men from their family yep. and I think it's purposeful. I think it's done on purpose. It's trained yes. into these kids generationally uh and public schools are not helping because you know the public schools are really just a filter for the kids and like whether the, how the parents uh are treating the kids so the you know the kids are asked at school you know like uh do your parents touch you do they beat you Do they do this do that do that and the next thing you know they're taking the kids away yes, or
1: social emotional learning is what that's called they have these not quizzes, but um, surveys they'll give out to kids without the parents' knowledge, and it'll right. say stuff like, have, have you ever tried marijuana? How are you sexually active? And then they'll end up... I like, actually
2: remember uh, in second grade... Oh, uh, they are already doing that? Yeah, the, the, it was 1987, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, I was seven years old, I think. Uh, but yes, I do remember them saying, do you know what marijuana smells like?
1: Whoa.
2: Uh, <laughs> or pot, or weed. Like, yeah. had, they had like all the stuff. Have you ever seen this... This powder. Have you ever seen anybody snort it? Like there was. The
1: well, so they're trying to get you to tell on your parents, basically.
2: I couldn't believe how many kids were like, "Oh yeah, my dad does that. My mom Whoa. does that." Um, and, and the thing is, I just, just, I, I, kids I, know everything. I just think that the state shouldn't be the
3: uh, the solution or Right. the right. Uh, I, because the state is is like angling it from one side or another to, like I said, lie to get things <clears> done. <throat> but then it, um, uh, they're really getting rid of that nuclear family you know, yes. sort of vibe. And so they they don't want those dynamics because it's easier to control people when they're confused or yes. a- adolescent and their brain isn't developed and all that stuff. So, like, these are important things that they want to prevent from happening in humanity.
1: Yeah, they want access to people's and, kids, for uh, sure. Lily yep.
2: Tang Williams uh, actually would touch on this a lot, talking about Mao's cultural revolution. And she grew up
1: in China during Mao. China, yes, China yep. Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, that point that Joe brought up is really... Um, like I have the exact evidence and the reason and I have a very uh, good explanation of why the state wants their the parents to be divorced but first I want to get back to what I was talking about with the single mom epidemic so we have all these single moms and I and, and, and like single moms are just not desirable in the dating place and so here's what's my observation what's happening with single moms is you have single moms in their 30s or 40s and they are um, like, they're still attractive, like, physically. Um, a, a lot of them have, like, attractive personalities. A lot of them uh, like are really, like, trying hard. They're doing a good job. And, and there's definitely some of them that are not. There's some of them that are just welfare trash, and they're just getting mm. run through by, you know, whatever F-boy they can come up with. You know, there's, there's all kinds of elements out there. But I definitely know of, you know, personally know probably close to a dozen single moms. I have a few kids that are, like, really great. Mm. And they're, like not bad looking, or they're good looking, and they can't get a boyfriend.
1: Yeah, and I think that's and like, I can't, I cannot blame anyone for just not yep. being attracted to you, what they're not attracted to But
2: I think I have a solution to this. Hmm. We have a bunch of these wealthy, older men
1: mm-hmm.
2: who I think would be a great sugar daddy situation, and these moms could get, you know, I would love there was some kind of dating service to get like these sugar daddy type dads. Um, and I'm not talking, like, creepy guys. There would have yeah. to be some kind of thing. But, like, children need a father figure. There's these guys that they aren't fathers. They don't have any kids. And they would love to have some kind of life, some to invest in. And I think that's, like, something to explore. Yeah. Jay's dating service.
1: Jay is seeking arrangements. So that's kind yeah. of what that already is a little <laughs> bit. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. 283 It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. that you control and 603-203-6160 is the phone number you can call to get in on the conversation with us 603-283-6160 is the phone number
2: i'm surprised we haven't had more calls
1: yeah we didn't get any calls yesterday either except for a freaking skeeter who i'm ignoring i might Um, have someone calling in but yesterday we didn't get any calls either so i don't know what's up with that maybe people are on vacations you know their kids are off from the college or something like that and they're just not listening to free talk live or at least not wanting to call in right now i don't know i don't know why th- that does and doesn't happen sometimes you get a lot of calls even the days of the week don't seem to matter that much um i guess they say that saturday is the the biggest day for listeners and callers but the other ones are just seem to be random to me um 603-283-6160 and with you in the studio tonight's me bonnie
3: jay and joa
1: and we've been talking mostly about cultural issues tonight uh we started off the show talking about this FBI agent who was carjacked in capitol hill and you know one thing that's kind of funny about it it's like if a regular citizen gets carjacked it's not gonna get this that's nbc just news sure right it's like they Business wanted to as make usual. They wanted to make a big deal out of it because it was a poor FBI employee. It's like, it's
3: like when someone dies on the highway, it might make the news, mm-hmm. but when a cop dies on a highway, yeah. oh, all over the news.
1: Yeah, and and then there is a memorial for him.
3: And like, I, I wanted to bring this up tonight. Actually, hmm. this is this is a great topic. Uh, I, I I made a meme saying, uh, if you think pulling people over is a good you know good thing for society, please seek some help. You you may be suicidal. Because the worst j- part of a uh, cop's job, the most dangerous part of a job, his job, or her job, is to pull someone over, and Stand to be standing outside the vehicle near flying vehicles that you know generally are in high uh, high speed traffic areas. Anyways,
1: several ton and, giant metal boxes.
3: Yeah, and apparently another uh, cop yesterday in Massachusetts got killed by some someone hit hit him,
2: and and so this is like workman's cop, right? So, like, being a roofer is, is like, very expensive work for comp because it's... Oh, it's, that's
1: very weird. You're... Sorry, did you, are you guys seeing that? Yeah, you're... Yeah. I,
2: I did hear yeah. that little breaking you up. The mic was there.
1: breaking up. It was weird because I, I muted mine to cough a little bit, and maybe that did it. Sorry.
2: So, anyways, the, the, the you know, like, roofing is really exp- uh, 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 dangerous. So, it's, like, yeah. for every, like, 25 every $100 in pay that you... As a roofing contractor, pay one of your employees. You have to pay in Massachusetts twenty five dollars towards workman's comp. That's not towards like other things like you know taxes and payroll taxes and stuff. It's like that's just workman's comp. Right. So when a police officer who is an employee of the state gets, um, you know, if like the most dangerous part of his job is getting run over by a car or injured, and and it's, I mean, I've been broke down on the side of the road before. It's like, dangerous. It's very dangerous. I, I've worked construction on the side of the interstate. Um, done repairs on the side of the you know fast roads Uh driving farm equipment in colorado like down the interstate driving like a corn chopper 16 miles an hour down the interstate and you got semis ripping by you yeah, at 85 miles an hour that's scary stuff oh yeah this is a massive liability for the for the taxpayers like that that poor that poor guy that got killed uh you know, he's, I mean, like, he's, you know, I mean, like, you know, does he have a family? You know, he's right. got kids. I mean, that really sucks. I, I don't and know if he,
3: <coughs> the the guy may have done it on purpose. He mm. also killed two construction workers involved. With you this think that like
1: he might have committed suicide? And he
3: also, no, 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 the guy oh. purposely oh, like ran him. into the cop. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. And then he then he like crashed because he crashed his vehicle. He stole a police cruiser, and they finally caught him. Oh. Uh, but yeah, that's it's kind of a crazy, unique story. I don't know what, what was up with that guy, but. I
2: mean, but just in in in, in general, the um traffic fight fatalities and you know in relation to police officers because they're constantly, you know, pulling people over, yeah. you know, engaging in this you know armed tax collection through you know revenue collection through writing tickets, uh, is is a massive liability for the people. So I wonder in places like, like Vermont for example, it's like super aggressive, like but Vermont's not even like it's very little traffic in Vermont and like Massachusetts. I was in Massachusetts yesterday uh drove all over you know, it was all over massachusetts yesterday you know gathering up cattle and stuff and um the uh <clears throat> i saw so many cops i was like man this place is just. Yeah, i see so many somewhere.
1: cops i never get yeah. pulled over anything but especially on so christmas season there. i
3: find that they, they they think there's parties going on everywhere mm-hmm. and people are drinking and driving which may be true but it just like it's so harassing like you guys yeah, yeah. have so much other so many better things to be doing uh and i get it drunk drivers can be a problem but it's you're more likely ruining the person's life okay. yeah. versus that person was going to crash and ruin someone else's life, that's yeah. a, that's a fact. The cops are not helping; they're making, they're causing more damage you can imagine. Yes, I know they, they stop someone from driving drunk, right? But the idea is that 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 guy probably would have made it home, just like ninety nine percent of the rest of them. Yeah. It's just that one percent, you know, swerves and kills someone.
2: And, and and the reason these cops are so aggressive about I'm writing I'm not saying tickets, drunk
3: driving is good. Okay, I'm not saying
0: right.
2: that. It, especially in Massachusetts. Like, they are literally trained in Massachusetts. There's like a, um, they're like basically told, like, y- if you want a pension, you need to write tickets. Yeah. You know, it's and
1: another it, thing that um feels so, like you said, it feels so harassing when there's that many cops around. I hate that anytime you drive late at night and you're like one of the only cars on the road, it feels so nice and calm. There's no potential of just, like. Somebody ramming ramming into the back of your car. Oh, isn't that nice? But you're like the only one on the road with this cop driving by, and it feels like you're really honed in on. You mm-hmm. gotta like, you get this nervous wave because you're the only one on the road, and you see a cop drive by. You're like, oh, like they wouldn't be. I there generally
3: no don't anymore, just because of what I do, like I don't get that adrenaline rush. I don't get scared.
1: I don't like get really scared. I just get like a well, they're really a dangerous criminal, and and I feel yeah they
3: uh, they, they, zoned in on. you. I only get that feeling if they catch me off guard, and I'm like, oh, I didn't see you there, you know, like that's
1: what happened last night. Typically,
3: I can see I have good copdar, Mm -hmm. right? Like I can tell where they are and that sort of thing, and I know where they hide and all that. It's just I got good feelings for it
1: the other day i went in not the middle of the night but like right before 11 o'clock to hanaford to go get ice cream i just wanted ice cream and i was like they're about to close so when i was driving home a cop pulled out of the starbucks um yeah parking lot actually maybe they were just sitting there hanging out and it was they like check the park oh, there and stuff it was nice until i saw that like it was <laughs> i was the only car on the road <laughs> right right and then you feel like you know yeah no like people you. feel
3: like crap like oh my god am i gonna get pulled over my night is my night my day my month my year is gonna be ruined right now Your
1: life possibly
3: yeah your life for real people think about that all the time and it's just sad like we have that feared society of the people that were supposedly you know it's supposed we're, to protect us. You know, yeah,
2: and they're, you know, they're taking our money to help us. Yeah, right. So, like, you know, the cops have a financial incentive. Their pension fund relies on, you know, um them, you know, writing these tickets, making sure that like for example, in Massachusetts, they were super aggressive about it. like I used to, you know, when I was in limited Massachusetts, I had New Hampshire license plates. Right. And they were just constantly, you know, looking to like harass, you know, harass you over that because they are It is part of their training it is part of the 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 uh criminal justice i don't know if it's a criminal justice or if it's a state it was always seemed like it was more like state cops and like local cops or if it was part of the state trooper training and i have a good friend who's a retired state trooper now and the dude's so cool since he retired <laughs> uh, he he was always cool with me be and uh, you know because he was like kind of my buddy but like now extra cool anyways <clears throat> and, and and i talked he's probably listening to the show right now because uh, he does listen nice. and anyways he, he's like yeah so he's sort of sort of, kind of got me on about i'm like why are they so aggressive about like you know out of state plates and stuff like the state troopers and he's like oh because all the state troopers became registry cops and when you're a registry cop in massachusetts it has this thing called the registry of motor vehicles you know some places good like department of motor vehicles but registry of motor vehicles is where you go you got these you know career classic bureaucratic useless pile of crap parasites working behind a desk that are just like to have no personality. They're like, they're just rotten to the core of people. You know, they're there to make your life miserable and like they get a power trip off it. They get a dopamine hit off of it. And which is true because I have another friend that worked in the registry of motor vehicles and, and she was like, uh, yes, that's exactly how the culture of those people are. They are not oh, good. for sure. So anyways, uh, he was like, well, you know, the, your, the we are told that our pension depends on people like registering their cars in and also our pension like we like if you don't write you know three times your salary and tickets per year you're basically not going to have a pension hmm. uh to collect or your pension is going to be weak and i'm like well that's going to that's bs because you know as long as there's you guys to point guns at the tax collectors you know there's going to be you know pensions <clears throat> they have to have so, some
1: kind of incentive if their incentive isn't just you know to do right. the right thing
2: so, Joe I had brought up in the last segment how like there is this intentional incentive to to break up the the, um, family, the family family the unit. unit to break up the nuclear family yeah and
3: this creates more criminals in essence you know the kids are not raised so, by a dad and they commit crimes and that makes that justifies the state and the police so they want disrupted families they want right. crime they want you know uh dis- disruption in in that you know well,
2: family norm I I have the evidence of, of why there's what, – what the incentive is. So the incentive comes out of Social Security Administration Title 4D, as in David. Uh, and 4, you want to use a Roman numeral for IV, when you do the Internet search for this. And you can read in IVD that there is a federal incentive to where 66% of the child support uh, that is collected – by family court is given directly to the state's judicial pension fund go figure so
1: that's so and if you don't
3: pay that you go to jail do you hear that single dads
2: uh so single dads without the kids so if you uh, so and there's a guy his name is um jeff younger so if you internet search youtube jeff younger there's a few videos that come up at jeff younger and do title 4d or Jeff Younger, Child Support. He was on Tim TimCast a while ago. In fact, I'd really like to talk to this guy uh, because he's got some great stuff. And I've been learning a lot from watching his videos and reading about some of his things. And he actually ran for, I think, Congress, Jeff Younger for Congress in Texas or maybe a state representative. I can't remember. But anyways, he's from Texas. <clears throat> and he talks about how in the Texas code that and he has this right on a screen and it's like, you know, Texas code. 22.34, blah, blah, blah. and I don't know if that's the numbers, but he talks about how this is the instructions for setting um, child support uh, payments uh, for the uh, Texas Family Court. And the Texas Family Court is instructed to set child support um, payments or uh, awards, actually, is I think how they award it. Child support awards based on the maximum uh, state revenue under uh, uh, Title 4 d And and this is, you know, where the judicial pension funds get 66% of this. So we have um, a massive incentive of, uh, of of this stuff to, to happen. So I'm going to read you a thing here. Um, J.R. Hull brought this to my attention. J.R. Hull is a uh, state representative here in New Hampshire who is actually working on bringing a lawsuit against New Hampshire DCYF. Because the they guy, went
1: after his, him and his kids Yeah, for, for ki- using, r- yeah,
2: very safe ivermectin, uh, Nobel Prize winning I- ivermectin. Anyways, Grant State College, as part of the Child Welfare Education Partnership, offers a class titled DCYF Revenue Enhancement and RMS. This is available for social workers to maximize revenue for DCYF. This workshop. And I'm quoting this right now. I actually quoted most of this. Uh, This is available for social workers to D.C. Max on D.C.Y.F. is not a quote. That's my commentary. This workshop will provide critical information regarding the various federal funding sources and how to access these sources in order to provide services to children and families. Staff will learn about various federal funding sources, Title IV-A, Title IV-E, and Medicaid for both services and administration, documentation requirements for accessing federal funds will be discussed. Now, upon further research, and what I've learned, is that um, <clears throat> the uh, social workers are also informed, trained, told, I don't know if it's through this program, but this is what a actual retired New Hampshire social worker explained to me, that you need to do all of this stuff because this is how you get paid. This is what makes this is how you have a pension. Uh they're also told that they must, you know, there must be uh, uh like of uh, 3 to 4 people to replace them so the bureaucracy so it's a ponzi scheme to, to, or, uh, to support pyramid the pon- scheme. yeah to support the pyramid ponzi scheme hmm. of their pension fund. Um, a- anyways, so the um <clears throat> the incentive to keep all the social workers in a job all the lawyers in a job for these bureaucracies the janitors the 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 companies that get to contracts to service like the buildings and you know all this stuff the building contract i mean the construction companies is to get this federal money this is another reason why New Hampshire needs to dissolve the corporation calling itself State of New Hampshire get rid of it and repopulate and basically reanimate the New Hampshire state uh, the entity that's described in the New Hampshire constitution uh, and get away from all of this federal money coming into New Hampshire because it is corrupting New Hampshire it's corrupting every state it is corrupting the families it is creating incentive to destroy families to tear apart families uh, that, I mean and, and all the evidence is in black and white all we got to do is just look for it and talk about it and Mike Gill uh, New Hampshire State of Corruption or State of Corruption, New Hampshire. I'm not exactly sure uh, how his thing is, uh, <clears throat> what his website is. I should We should get that. But uh, Mike Gill, actually, he did a... Is uh, it G-I-L-L? Yeah. He did a... Um, uh, testified before the uh, Family Law Committee five years ago. I just watched his uh, video a couple of times the other day.
1: And he's New Hampshire? Uh,
2: he's hiding from the cabal in Florida. Uh, and he is allegedly working with the trump administration um and uh that's he's not in new hampshire anymore this guy claims they've tried to kill him uh the secretary of state offered him 50 million dollars to shut up um to not sign non-disclosure um and he said nope i'm gonna fight you guys in court and he lost because he didn't realize that all the judges are compromised anchored up i
3: think just to put a little background on who mike gill is i believe he ran um for governor well no 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 he he the company that he runs is like the biggest um mortgage mortgage yep. lender in uh, New Hampshire and he basically wow. took no 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 in the United States Oh really? Yeah and I, I think it's because he took no risk uh loans like he allowed the no risk loans so uh, basically as in like he's never lost on his loans he won't take risky loans right Okay he, he won't yep. offer them I think that's what the the deal is and that's why he was the most successful
2: uh
1: Wow. I, I, all I can find is a bunch of. um. Oh.
2: So YouTube, State of Corruption NH. Oh, and that's his
1: web- website?
2: Uh, Nope. This is his YouTube channel. It's called okay. State of Corruption NH. You can probably find it on and there,
1: but just like on Google searching him, I could not find a website. It was only stuff like this thing from the Telegraph talking crap about him. It says like years of publicly accusing people of criminal behavior right. and oh, yeah. corruption right. caught up with Michael Gill.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. The the deep state hates him. The parasite mm. class hates him. I never um, heard of him. So and so, uh, so if you go internet, definitely uh, watch his videos. State of corruption, family court committee, and he taught. Maybe uh, during the next break, I'll bring up a snippet of this and we can uh, play a little bit because this is really good. Because like I'm, I'm actually going to be calling uh, a committee to investigate family court over in New Hampshire over these. Uh, this Title D, uh, Title IV D money, which is like an insane amount of money coming out of the Social Security Administration, which is you know uh, the Social Security Trust Fund is just being looted via this Title IV. So, the social workers at DCYF are are incentivized. They're trained. They get they 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 go to classes on how to extract this Title IV money because. It goes towards funding DCYF. It goes towards state pensions. It goes, we know, it goes towards judicial pensions. Um, so Title Four, there's A, B, C, and D. And you said it was e. like sixty
1: percent of child support goes towards judicial Not pensions.
2: S- so what what I understand about Title Four D,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and Mike um, Jeff Younger like really explains this is that if uh, a child support award is let's say given for a thousand dollars, and let's say like um, a dad makes three thousand dollars every two weeks he gets paid every two weeks the, the family court says all right you got 28 or whatever the, the you know the number is it's like, roughly it's a third um you so now you have to pay you know a thousand dollars uh every paycheck uh for your child support and then what happens uh uh is that uh, sixty-six percent of that thousand dollars, which would be six hundred and sixty dollars, and it's amazing they use this term. They use it sixty-six percent. I mean, because it's like it's not amazing. It just makes perfect sense because these guys all worship Satan. They <laughs> are they are an evil cabal. Is it
1: sixty-six point six 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 repeating?
2: No, it's just sixty-six <laughs> percent. Yeah, just just usually internet, so, that is because that's like yep, right
1: the three two thirds. So yeah.
2: so anyways, even evil. what happens is the Social Security Administration gives this to the Judicial Pension Fund. So by default, everybody who participates in a judicial pension fund. So this would be judges, this would be the prosecutors, this would be attorney generals, this would be secretaries in the, in the prosecutor's office. This would, I mean, <clears throat> this would be like probably the janitor. You know, I, you know, it's it's, it's all these guys. Uh, they are all compromised there is a conflict of interest and and they are by definition 100% corrupt yeah um yeah, and, and
1: i just got to say i am not surprised at all that damian fisher is the guy who wrote this like hit piece about this guy
2: yeah so you know yeah, mike gill crappy. is good based on what damian fisher is saying about him because of what damian fisher has said about other people you know right right yeah <laughs> so <clears throat> makes perfect sense so anyways uh the um uh so so uh I'm actually going to be getting an affidavit from Mike Gill. Is my uh, uh, you know is my intent here because we need to fix this. And and here's another reason that New Hampshire should be a destination for anyone who loves freedom. So in New Hampshire, like I said earlier, there is no judicial, there is no legislative pension fund. The legislature is essentially a volunteer position. Hundred dollar year stipend is nothing, and so you don't have legislators that are you know like in Massachusetts, the legislature has a pension fund. So I'm sure. That is crazy. For I, I can't believe that you run for office and you get a pension.
1: <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah.
2: yeah, in Massachusetts, sure. That's
1: so wild. I've never really paid attention to local um. Well, if you're a judge, you still... get a
2: pension. Mm-hmm. If you're in the executive branch, you get a pension. If, you, if you're a family court in judge, if you're law, all the states. Yeah, this I, is I, why it's so corrupt. This, yeah, this is why DC De- Child Protection Service industrial complex has been able to rape, kill, murder, lie cheat, steal, do all this diabolically evil stuff, and it just keeps happening and happening and happening and happening and happening again and again and again and again, and and they give out settlements, and the people they give settlements to are like, uh, they can't talk about it
1: Mm -hmm. because they signed non-disclosure. I was just telling the other host yesterday, I know this guy. He's a really nice guy. He fixes my dryer and washer when they break, and he was over yesterday, and he was telling me his situation that is... I can tell you off the air. It's really messed up. And whenever he goes to court, I'll ask him if I can go film it. Um, But he's dealing with family court stuff right now. And he knows a girl who she was telling his daughter she's getting beat by her dad. But she's like, don't tell anyone. I I will lie and say he's not beating me because I do not want to go back to the DCYF group home that bad. She'd rather get beat by her dad than go to the group home. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up.
0: Yeah. Come on. Yeah.
1: It's free talk live, it's talk radio that you control, and six oh three two eight three. Six one six zero is the phone number for you to call to get in on the conversation with us. That's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. There's only this last segment left if you want to get on the phone with us and with you in the studio tonight. You've got me, Bonnie,
3: Jay, and Joa.
1: And it does look like we have a caller, so I'm going to go see what is on their mind. Um, unscreened caller, what's on your mind?
0: Uh, my name is Mike Gill. Oh, uh, really? Frank asked me to. Call in. Nice. Awesome.
2: I Mike, I've been looking to get a hold of you. I just left a comment on your family committee uh YouTube thing. I don't know how much of the show you've been listening to. Uh and uh, I have caught DCYF family court, the superior court, circuit court, prosecutors in a conspiracy to deprive me and my family of their rights. And I I've been working on an affidavit with these guys. Uh, to bring them, and we also did a David Jose style affidavit process, and we have a committee to investigate DCYF happening, and it is uh, the chair is of this committee is someone who is excellent.
3: And Mike, I've seen pretty much all of your videos, uh, I, but I I watched them like a couple of years ago or like a year ago, so it's exciting to have you on.
0: Yeah, I've uh, <clears throat> I did quite a few in twenty as I was dealing with Flynn and, and those things. Sure. But uh, they they snatched up my videographer, the feds. and How so? They, well, it's how they flip everybody. I mean, everything, sure. every move that I'm making, the FBI is involved. The head of the deep state is the FBI. Sure. And the intelligence agency. I'm not surprised. What protects... Is is what's at the top of the totem pole. That's why in our courts, the courts are a rig. They're, they're all corrupt. I mean, that's what they control. That's why I, my my position is is that you don't beat them in court. And you see what's going on with Trump. He's not going to win in court. Right. It's, I didn't win in court. It's their tool. What yeah. you got to do is go outside the box and you find their money and now and I, new hampshire is ground zero of not just the country the world i mean they moved 935 billion into new hampshire they got track from cartels and corrupt politicians to this country not counting the domestic in the trillions why hasn't the people of new hampshire demand to know those names
3: yeah it's interesting why well. do
0: you think the cartels selling Auto fare, prospective trust, uh, granted state, uh, recovery. They're in the Pandora Papers, they're in those laundering networks. Yep. We could end this in one swoop, and let's hope that's what's on the tr- table. With it Trump. sounds
1: like Jay has found some, like, followed the money in, in the, a little bit of the situation he's in with his uh, wife, and they're going after his kids. Uh, what was Who's that? This?
2: So, so I'm Jay Noon. I moved here for the Free State oh, okay. Project. No, I,
0: I yeah. say, are they going after your kids, Jay?
2: Well, not yeah. anymore. So I actually beat them in family court. Uh, what had happened is, <clears throat> I live in on, on Henniker. Uh, we actually have a, a police department that, like, the chief of police is like a good stand-up family man. And as you know, Mike, uh, the family men are generally not corrupt because they have something, you know, they, they want a good place for their family.
0: And... So, Any police officer in this state knows the criminality and the drug cartel. And if they're not standing up, I don't call them good. Well, I call them complacent.
2: Well, I can tell you the Henneker chief of police stood up in this situation. So what had happened is, uh, real quick, my, my wife had uh, let my uh, our daughter, two-year-old daughter, take a nap in a car uh, while she ran into uh, TJ Maxx in Concord and she comes out about 20 minutes later and there's a cop out there and uh actually the reporting um witness the one who called this in uh, her name uh, donna barnett i don't know if you know who she is she's a uh, no. secretary in the merrimack county prosecutor's office and uh anyways she um so dcyf starts like uh, you know calling us they want to the cops didn't do anything in fact the 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 police report to cop wrote basically says everything's good. Everything's cool. You know, there was no harm, no injury. Child's not
1: in danger. You
2: have all this stuff. You just peacefully napping in the car, climate control on, you know, middle of February, middle of March, you know, children don't die of heat exhaustion in cars in New Hampshire. There's actually zero cases of it. And uh, so anyways, the um, <clears throat> DCYF is, you know, harassing us. I'm like, I, I don't, I'm not contracting with you guys. I reject your offer. I sent them a fee schedule, sent them a cease and desist order. I told him to leave me alone. I got the uh, local chief of police coming to my house every day, four days in a row, uh, looking for me. I was out working, out doing stuff. So I I call the guy up. I'm like, hey. Why were
0: they looking for you?
2: Because DCYF wanted to come inspect my house, interview my two-year-old daughter alone, and us to provide medical records. So DCYF, uh, uh, Melissa Coombs, a social worker, lies on some on a, on, in her affidavit. She gets an order from family court. You know that family court rubber stamps every single document that the social workers put in front of them. Mm-hmm. Because, Completely corrupt. Yep, because every time they do an assessment, they get like a $6,000 payout from the federal government, which funds their operation. And then the judges get— And
0: you get the accountant of that. And who gets paid and won't get paid?
2: Uh, we're going to get the accounting of it. That is part of our of our. I know fam-
0: somebody who has that, but go ahead. That's
2: awesome. Thank you. So uh, Jeff Younger is a guy I've been paying attention to a little bit out of Texas. He's sort of enlightened me a lot on this. I haven't met him yet. But so anyways, what happened is in their um, narrative, uh, in the affidavit, the social worker writes, oh, so the chief of police, I say to him, yeah, me and the kids are about, to, and the wife and the kids are going out to breakfast. Why don't we meet you down at the Pancake House? Just come have breakfast with us. He says, thanks. So he comes in. We, we meet him there. We sit down. We have breakfast. We chat. And um, he shows me this order from a family court. And he's like, and, he, and I'm flipping through it, and I get to paragraph eight. In paragraph eight, the social worker writes, we contacted Henniker Police." department. Henniker police informed us that they are familiar with the Noon family as they are free stater, anti-government, live on a compound with lookouts. And we were advised by Henniker police that this situation is very dangerous and we should get an order from the family court. So I asked the chief of police, I'm like, what's up with this? And, he, and, and he's like, oh, did, you, did, I didn't do this. None of my guys did this. So he actually um, tells after we have this meeting, the um the social workers i've interviewed the children i've i've talked to everybody and he did he talked with us he's a really nice guy he's like there's no neglect or abuse the kids are like perfect for like you know what their age is and you know their development and he's got kids himself and multiple times the chief of police within the next month came to my house and his officers several times and they talked with me and i'm a farmer so i'm like you know, cleaning out my, my stock trailer, I'm feeding cattle, we're feeding pigs, and I'm doing all this stuff with my kids. Chief of police comes there, he sees me doing this stuff, um, and he tells the social, I got all the emails between the chief of police and a social worker where the chief of police is like, you know, why are you guys harassing this guy? And, 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 you know, you're, um, <clears throat> you're you're doing all this stuff and these are good people leave them alone you know all of this over a kid being left in, in you know in a car so for and you a have that bit.
0: all documented I right i have
2: everything documented okay so, so what i did is a chief of so what the chief so what they did next Ross McCloud who is an attorney for DCYF filed a uh a, a, a motion a petition or a, a um, contempt order
0: hmm.
2: and and a DCYF contempt order basically uh, means nothing. It really has no force. What were
0: they saying? You weren't cooperating?
2: Uh, They were saying that I was they they immediately needed to um, uh, oh, let me back up a little bit. They were saying, yes, because I refused, I I rejected their offer to contract. DCYF is just as municipal corporation that tries to get you to contract with them. And since I'm one of these people, I don't take any government benefits. I don't have a social security number. I don't participate in any of this garbage. They have no jurisdiction over me. I never never waived any rights. Hmm. So in this assessment order... Um, they want to interview child, inspect the premises, interview child alone, inspect the premises. And we know when they interview a two-year-old alone, they'll come back and say, oh, you were doing this inappropriate thing. The kid said so. Yep. And
1: They could say the kid said it, or the kid could get confused right? and not know what yep. they're talking no,
0: about. I, I'm with you on that. Yep, so mm-hmm. anyways. And, and listen, there's a want to here, an assistant, and how are you going to trust that? So, uh, in other words, they're looking like they're forcing the issue to the point where they're going to create it. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. They
2: actually, they, they were trying so
0: hard to do Well, this. the real
3: reason why they try to isolate and want to talk to the kid alone is because they want to get the kid alone and then yep. they can seize the kid. Yeah.
2: So, so, here's the other thing. The assessment order states a police officer, child protection social worker, a parole whatever officer, child service officer, shall inspect premises, interview child, blah, blah, blah. So I say to the Henneker chief of police, because my wife was like freaking out. I sent her far away. You know, my kids weren't with me for two weeks. That was like not good for my kids. You know, they need their dad. And um, so my family's away. I'm not working. I'm dealing with this crap. You know, it's costing me some serious aggravation. I got rid of a bunch of livestock. I just dumped them at market because I couldn't deal with them um it really screwed us up so anyways i say to the chief of police i says hey this order says a police officer can do this assessment now i trust this guy he's a family man and um so i say to him you can do this assessment he says jay that's great i'm glad you want to resolve this i'm like listen we in the best interest you know these guys are psychopaths they like murder people you know they they like they send kids
0: to known uh rapists and pedophiles and you know they, what i would say to them i said listen if they're this are concerned about your two-year-old where were they when a thousand children were beaten and raped in sununu detention center right right you're exactly right, right. Yep. Some, so concerned yep. we went and think about this those yep. were children that was taking from parents a lot of them yeah so, so in other words in this same system and were abused their whole time in there yes but, okay go ahead i'm sorry
2: so anyways this order says a police officer can do this so the chief police says that's great I will get back to you about doing the assessment now. Meanwhile, he's told these guys that there's no abuse or neglect, and everything's like good. And I has have he
0: got back to you yet.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. So this was happened. This was 2020, 2022. This was going on. This is this has been going on oh, for okay. a year and a half. All right. All right. So he, so he, two days later, he comes back. He goes, Jay. They told me I can't do the assessment. They said that I am not qualified to do the assessment. So like his lieutenant, one of his lieutenants is a woman that's married, you know, to the father of her children. You know, good family values. She actually trained to be a social worker. She was a social worker for a little while. She has all this victim abuse, child crimes training, blah, blah, blah. And they said that they don't have the credentials. They can't do it. And what I said to him was, I go, they don't want you doing it because what happens is, they don't get the federal money if the police does the assessment. They only get the federal money well, if they, may not even, they do. even
0: they may not get the results they're looking for either.
2: Correct.
0: So th- what I would might have suggested, and maybe you did it already again, I would have – is it possible to have the officer there with the worker?
2: So I didn't want the social worker there at all because I didn't want him getting the federal money. And the other thing too is I didn't see this particular document, but the way it was laid out to me is, in order for them to do this assessment, I have to agree to it in writing. And basically, this document holds them harmless, where I'm agreeing to so their like, service. You have a
3: choice; just say no. So, as yeah. easy as
2: that. So, anyways, the the um so the social worker actually lied a second time, and then Ross McLeod, this this dirtbag attorney, um who I'm gonna really try hard to make sure he can't work anymore. Um, you know, because I'm going to put, I want to put him in prison where he belongs. Uh, so anyways, Ross McLeod from Milford, New Hampshire, uh, and he's raised a lot of hell there. Uh, they, um, <clears throat> uh, he puts in a mo, uh, a contempt order against me. And when Ross McLeod put in the same contempt order against rep- against J.R. Hole, who's a friend of mine, a state representative here who they, tr- they actually got a I know J.R. To- yep, okay. So you- I don't know if you know what happened with him with the for Mectron. um, so anyways, J.R. Holt told Ross McLeod, his lawyer, told Ross McLeod in writing, they to, in the family court thing that he spent fifty grand on these freaking lawyers. The guy only made thirty eight thousand dollars a year. He had to spend fifty grand on lawyers for DCYF crap. Wow. Um, so anyways, told him that there's a, there's a New Hampshire Supreme Court ruling, and you understand this, Mike, that if uh, that they can only you can only be in contempt if you were ordered to do something. Well, this assessment order doesn't order me or my wife to do anything. It orders a police officer or a social worker to do this assessment, not wow. me. Hmm. And this lawyer is aware of this because he was already shut down once. And family court is aware of this also because family court has been shut down. Erin McIntyre is the judge in Hillsborough Family Court who just rubber stamps all these things that comes through Hillsborough because, you know, she's part of the cabal. She's hmm. a beneficiary of the judicial pension fund. She gets his federal money. Um, you know the, these guys are all compromised by the judicial pension fund. I actually plan to have a meeting with the Merrimack County elected prosecutor about this um, malicious prosecution happening in his office right now. So that I think, I think said, all
3: state pensions should go away.
2: So so that's that, my opinion. That being said, um, they the chief of police did a motion to intervene in family court. And he went into family court, and they fought this motion to intervene left and right. He went into family court. He said, hey, you know, uh, I've interviewed, I've talked to the family. You know, they're good people. Actually, if you, um, I'll link it here on your uh, Facebook page on your family court committee thing and my um, reading of the uh, affidavit of the Henneker chief of police uh, that was basically, or a narrative or whatever it was, it was submitted with um, his family court motion to intervene. And he got a, a motion to vacate. So he got the whole family court vacated. The day the family court issue got vacated, they put a warrant out for my wife's arrest yep. out of Concord, oh, man, huh? and a warrant for child endangerment. And then we go to this um, <clears throat> garbage pretend court called Circuit Court, and this judge uh, pulls his name, yep. who is he's just what's his name? Guptil. Gupta. Um, okay. No.
1: He's really young. I had never seen such a young judge. He looked like he was like in his thirties.
2: So, so anyways, they deny all of our, you know, uh, uh, dismiss, objections. You know, I bring up that there's no victim, there's no injury. We get the cop on the stand, and the prosecutor was was pretty slick. Like, I didn't I didn't know I had to like really subpoena all the witnesses myself, so I could. So the actual cop who wrote the warrant never even showed up to court that day. The cop who assisted sh- wrote uh, the the, the uh, cop, the assisting cop, uh, uh, showed up. So I asked his cop on the stand, and, and this whole court hearing and trial, bench trial, is all on Odyssey and YouTube and stuff, and I can put those links and Look get up those Jane
1: Noon, it's N O O N E.
2: So, anyways, at the trial, I was my wife's uh, attorney. In fact, uh, I was her defense counsel, and I was able to question these cops. So at the trial, I asked the cop um, if my daughter was in any danger, and he said no. She wasn't. But my wife was charged with child endangerment. I also asked a cop on the stand. I said, does the New Hampshire um, RSAs, the statutory law, apply to you because you're standing on the soil, land of the soil we call New Hampshire? And he says, yes. And then I said, okay, what evidence do you rely on that the New Hampshire revised statutes annotated apply to someone because they're standing on a soil we call New Hampshire? And he says, I don't have that evidence. And because... There is no such evidence. And they found my wife guilty. And then the sentence, get this, was no fine, no child classes. The prosecutor asked for a fine and, and child education classes or parenting classes. And it was 45 days in the House of Corrections suspended for one year. So I actually teach a homeschool curriculum called Man Camp because I need to man up all the boys. Um, so our future is bright and beautiful and we have strong culture here in New Hampshire that's what I came here for so um you know I teach kids uh farming and blacksmithing and welding and heavy equipment repair all the skills I have I'm teaching to all the kids so <clears throat> uh so anyways I you know I don't want my wife having this conviction of child endangerment so we appeal it now we're going to superior court and it's the same garbage with superior court the guy's name is Kissinger in superior court I think it's John J Kissinger Jr and they're just you know just totally rubber stamping everything the prosecution says because, you know, there's, there's a conflict of interest. There are beneficiaries in the same pension fund, you know, all this stuff. You, you, you know the whole deal, Mike. So when we, you. Like, yeah. that we, we got a hearing, uh, our f- a final hearing uh, before the trial on Monday. Um, I'm going to introduce This an,
0: coming Monday?
2: Yep, this coming Monday. I'm going to, at the Circuit Court in, oh uh, no, sorry, the uh, Superior Court uh, on 5 Court Street there in Concord. Um, the case will be Shallon Spaulding or State versus Shallon Spalding. Uh, if anybody wants to come to that, end uh, and the court. The
0: purpose of really just correcting the record is that correct?
2: Uh, no, well, I I'm trying to correct the record uh, with these guys, but they're not listening to anything I got to say. You know, well, in this what, court, what
0: is, are they are they still attempting to? to take the child at all
2: no they're not attempting to take the trial they're just trying to convict my wife of child endangerment is what they're trying to do
0: okay and and it would be like uh what is, did you say a year 45 days the maximum sentence would be would, would suspended or something
2: that was the that was the last uh sentence but because we it's a trial de novo and the maximum penalty is a year in prison and a two thousand dollar fine. You know that could potentially happen. But my wife was like she's never done anything wrong. You know
0: she's got like one speeding listen, listen. ticket. Being innocent. Oh yeah. <laughs> has nothing to do with it. Right, right, right. That's true. All right. I mean, and, and that's even with, with the letter of the law. And I know there's certain constitutional people, but listen, they cheat. Yes. It's corrupt. Yes. So in other words, they're maneuvering. They control the judgments and they control the appeal. Right. So what I would tell you is by by challenging this, so in other words, you wouldn't be in jeopardy to going to jail, but if you challenge it, you're in the jeopardy of going to jail for a year. Is that correct?
2: Basically, yep.
0: Then why are you chancing it? To correct the record? Written uh, oh. by a corrupt individual knowing that you know it's a lie because i mean
2: uh well th- so we have appeals court uh i have uh, i set this all up for appeal you know we have a really bulletproof yeah but
0: they own the appeals court right
2: sure sure well i'm going to bring up monday in court the conflict of interest with the judicial pension fund Uh, with how Family Court is a cash cow for the New Hampshire Judicial Pension Fund. You know
0: something? We know that. And I'm telling you, I know about Title IV D-Money. I mean, I had the federal uh, investigator. I had the federal accountant on it. So I know all about this. But I also know that they control and they create the decision they want. We're not seeing Trump in court. I had 106 witnesses, 46 for the court, and that weren't allowed to bring them in. So, so what I would tell you is you have your child. Your child is safe. Do not take a chance of winding up in jail. And when you're in jail, what you understand is you're at their mercy there. Sure. There's no waste to run so what? In other words, you've got your child. Your child is safe. Yep. And if it's just like one of these things that could go away after that, do not risk going into that court. Because, listen, they make precedence intentionally they send the message to the next person about challenging them yeah they try to make examples
3: if anyone tries to take it harder and further and then it's like anyone that ever would have challenged it they're like looking at that and be like scared we don't want to touch it
2: what we have here in new hampshire is a essentially a citizen legislature so because of the free state project we have a whole bunch of people in the legislature now that are free staters we so i did an affidavit to leah cushman Aliyah Cushman is on the Health and Her- health and Humans uh, Services Committee. So she has brought a committee to investigate DCYF specifically with my case. The next committee I'm going to is a judicial committee. Uh, and there is some yeah, a Judicial good- committee. Yeah, and we ha- you know we-
0: what joke that is? Well, we have... A and, w- and how about this? The PCC, you're going to go after a lawyer, the Personal Conduct Committee, the worst of the worst of what controls it. Yep. yep. I mean... That's how they, there is no, there is no justice there. That's their protection. They keep judges, JCC, uh, Judicial Conduct Committee controls the judges with their licensing. The, the PCC, it's the lawyers. So when they say, why isn't anybody paying anything? Because they're controlled by the license by those, the departments. So if you're going here to find justice, you're making a horrific mistake i'm not going to the judges to
2: find justice i'm going to the legislature to find justice uh and we have really, good people in the legislature
0: did they come up and help you
2: yes the courtroom was packed you could you could they actually couldn't fit any more people in the courtroom Multiple cameras well, are they
0: doing? With, listen their attendance is, is good and supportive are they bringing lawyers to it
2: uh, they're are not they're bringing, bringing. We can't find. We it? cannot find lawyers, but the, the that will do anything with this. But we have a very active legislature that understands what's going on. They want freedom. Really, no
0: free state lawyers would help you. No.
1: Well, there aren't any free state lawyers. All, all the lawyers are compromised. Oh, yes,
0: there is yeah, Broderick, a... for instance. Who? He was working with Aaron Day and O'Keefe? Who Wait, I what's know it? about Broderick.
1: Broderick.
0: I'll look into Broderick. Hey, I Broderick is a criminal, but they're all criminals. Broderick's I'll, a criminal, but he's a free stater, too. Well
2: so <laughs> hey hey Mike, my email is J jay at J dot com. That's J A Y at J-A-Y-N-O-O-N-E.com.
0: Okay. Listen, I may not call people back because I don't recognize them and things people are looking for my numbers. Do you, you want to stay on the line and I can just get you guys right now?
1: connected after... Um, yeah,
0: hang on for a minute after yeah, the, after the you show.
1: Might hang on, I'm just going to put you on hold. It's been Free Talk Live. Thanks for listening, guys. In a real different, real interesting episode. You never know who might call in. Um, FreeTalkLive.com is where you can go for more. Peace.